Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys very much for being with us here. It is Monday, December the 30th, 2019. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as we wind down the year, but wind up the retro wrestling talk. As always, I'm Joe Morata, joined alongside Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Almost Happy New Year time, yeah, Michael. I'm just I'm recovering from the Christmas. Yes, I know. The, the Christmas ham. Yeah, yeah. I got ham. my I got my mom this year to make ham for Christmas. That's great, Quinn. It's, it's very exciting. Good ham. She actually asked me what I wanted, and we actually had ham because wow. I always say Christmas ham. Always. An update for you: we did not have the seven fishes. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But I'll tell you what is fortunate, folks. We are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling again. Hope you had a good holiday. And hope you enjoyed a Suburban Commando last week. That was fun. Oh, yeah. That was super fun. And if you didn't check that out, I know some people, you know, busy during the holiday sure. season or whatever. Check that out. It's super, super fun review. It is. We we had fun watching it. We had fun reviewing it. We hope you guys like it, too. And I know I don't do this a little pull back the curtain here, Ooh. but I want to give Joseph here some credit for editing that because that was a tight edit. Uh, yes, it was. Phase, deadlines but, uh, were looming. Deadlines were definitely <laughs> looming on that. Well, thank so, you, Michael. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you can loom on over to Twitter. We got videos looming over there. Yeah. And those uh, are edited also. <laughs> yes, they are. If you go to at uh, OVP podcast on Twitter, you can follow us. You get a lot of rare, common, funny, interesting video clips. Uh, people seem to really enjoy them. We think you will, too. Again, that's at OVP podcast on Twitter. You can also email us at OVP podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP podcast at gmail.com. But when the be- best place to loom around is over on Facebook. Yeah, over at Facebook.com slash edit. It's a good <laughs> site um, where we edit things. Um, mm-hmm. We edit uh, text. Yes. Text editors, graphics, uh, graphics. Mm-hmm. But anyway, over there you can edit on over into the search bar. Right. You can edit the text and type in our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing bang boob tubes, kaflui gore. Uh, you know, it goes to the the meat press over there and <laughs> comes out the other side. And they're like, hey, he wants to join the board. Okay, and then you're in. Mm-hmm. And then once you're in, what we try to encourage and promote is ask any question you want about anything, bring up topics for discussion, whether it's WWF or any other promotion, really. Even if you want to mix in, sprinkle in. A you will a little bit of current wrestling that's fine too but quinn what's the number one rule over there uh don't be a dingus right <laughs> just don't be a dingus it's, just don't do it just it's not nice you yeah, know just be nice basically you don't have to like the same things but don't be mean to each other yes we're actually promoting that in 2019 going into 2020 yeah you can be dis- nice you can disagree but just be nice about it right be nice on the internet <laughs> I, you, here's a term for you i respectfully disagree with you there you go there you use go. that one that's yeah. uh, and say how to chuck mess when you do yeah. it it's been a while and anytime Chuck Mess does anything, say, I respectfully disagree. Like, <laughs> even if you do agree, just say, I respectfully disagree. That's right. Yeah. So go to the Facebook group. Uh, you'll have fun there, we promise. And uh, we have a Patreon as well. Just want to mention that it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Uh, the reason we do that is to give you guys some great content. If you want to give to us, we give back to you. We'll have a little bit more information on that later, but that is patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right, Michael. So 
What's going on? It's the last show of the year. Okay. It's not the last show of the season, though. We have a finale to do, obviously. That'll be next week. But uh, as we wind down 2019 and we wind down the season here, I got to remind you, it is episode number 159. 159! Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> that, that's It's big. Yes. Because people would have been pissed if I didn't say that. That's right. Yeah. So, what we're doing here, what we've been doing all season, is talking about wrestlers that did not spend most of their career at the top of the card, but did not spend most of their career at the bottom of the card. We're mm-hmm. talking about people that were firmly, for the most part, in the middle of the card. I guess you call them mid-carders. That's the, the colloquial term. Yeah, I think. it's very parochial. Did I, did, did I say parochial, colloquial? <laughs> I always have problems with that term, actually. Somebody <laughs> said it once to me, and I and I just adopted it, but I still never say it right. That's okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> what we've been doing here is just shouting out some of these wrestlers that maybe they were never the world champion, maybe they were never big main eventers, but they certainly contributed not only to wrestling, but to our memories as fans growing up. We are talking about OVP Salute. <laughs> to the mid-card. Who wants to be a colloquial term. <laughs> so, Quinn, this time around, we are talking about Rick... Martell. Richard uh, Flair Martell. <laughs> Richard, uh, I think it's really... <laughs> Flair. Richard Flair. Richard Vignol or something yeah, like yeah. that. I'm not a French... Jean-Pierre you know, Martel. Jean-Pierre Martel. <laughs> How about Ricky Martel, folks? Now, uh-huh. you probably remember Rick Martel as the model. If I you're am a WWF, yeah, If you're a WWF fan. Yeah. But he wrestled for actually a very long time before that. He was actually got it. He's another one that started really young. I think he was 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. 1972, he debuted. He had a lot of chest hair, too, during that period of time. <laughs> he did. Um, he had a lot of chest Pre-model. That's the yeah. chest hair version. Yes, that's correct. Uh, he wrestled all over the place. He right. was uh, up in Stampede. He was in a lot of different Canadian promotions. He's in out WF in a lot, even. He was in WF. So he joined the WF in 1980. Right. And he teamed up with your favorite of mine, Tony Gurria. Yeah, way too much. Um, those two. <laughs> again, the up and comer people. Yeah. <sighs> it was kind of like, again, the, a whole season, Joe, just about those people. Like, it, it, I'm not even kidding. It felt a lot like the WWF's version of the AWS High Flyers with Brunzel and uh, Greg Ganya. Yeah, you just know, as much chest hair. Yeah. <laughs> Where where Gurria was Ganya, yeah, yeah. you know, and Brunzel was Martel. Anyway, they actually won the tag titles. They defeated the Samoans in 1980. Mm-hmm. Lost them to the Moon Dogs in '81. And the winners, the new World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champion, the Moon Dogs, won them back, and then lost them to Fuji and Saito towards the end of '81. You see what Mr. Fuji did? He threw some salt and some sort of butter into Rick Martel's eyes. I feel like all of this is a lost era for Martel. Nobody they never brought up any of this. Like after like the eighties, like true. when it was popular, like, right. that he was like a multi-time tag champion. Kind of how they never brought up that Santana and Ivan Putsky were the tag champs in like '79. I don't. I didn't even know that exactly. Because we didn't go back that right. far but in our reviewing. But they yeah. never talk about that. Yeah. So anyway, Martel leaves the WWF in April of 82, and just to explain what he was, he was a face at this point, always a face, kind of um, a well-built guy, good-looking, athletic, right. very much your quote-unquote white meat baby face. Young up-and-comer. Young up-and-comer, exactly. Oh, wait, for like 10 years. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So 82, 10 years into his career, he heads over to the AWA, which in 82 was still good right. in terms of making money and the actual wrestling alliance (laughs) or sorry association association american whatever the actual wrestling association so he defeated believe it or not 
Jumbo Saruta, yes, the AWA champion at the <laughs> Excuse time. Excuse me. In May of 84. What an American. Ricky Martel, absolutely delirious. As Saruta was stunned. And he had a rather long reign. Now, this is not amongst, from what I understand, maybe Ruby Vasquez, our resident AWA expert, can help me out here and some of you folks. From what I understand about the mid-80s AWA, it wasn't down the crapper, but it wasn't necessarily great by once, then. Uh, from my understanding, once Hulk left, they had like a year period where they were still okay. Right. They were like hot. They were still popular. They were selling well. And then it just like all fell off. And yeah. then Martel was like kind of like, he was like the plan to like recover. Basically, right. they were like, okay, we'll put this young guy in. No more old people as a champion. Right, right. Like Hulk was young yep. and blah, blah, blah. So Martel's going to take the mantle, right? Yep. And he took it for 19 months. We right. had it for a while. He was the a champion. The belt, too. The, the, the shitty belt. AWA belt. <laughs> and he finally dropped it to Stan Hansen. What a great, that was a great idea for them. <laughs> yeah, that worked out well, yeah. right? Remember Isn't he sent like, it back to them in the mail, like crushed or something because he, wa- he didn't want to work for them or whatever. <laughs> that was December of 85 when he dropped it. Yeah, and again, we're, I know we're talking mid-carters, and no offense to the AWA in 1984 and 85, but AWA <laughs> world champion, you know, we're not talking the NWA or no, the WWF, that's all. Let me all. put it to you this way. No offense, it's the same stature as WWF intercontinental champion. I mean, yeah. I, I know that might hurt some AWA <laughs> people, but let's be honest on this show, please. Kind of call it what it is. Yeah. All right. So then... He heads back to the WWF towards the uh, end of 86 with Tom Zenk. Right. Okay. So Tom Zenk, the Z-Man, another up-and-comer forever. Yeah, right? n- nice of him to bring him along. <laughs> yeah. They are in a tag team, the, uh, the K&M connection, or if you're Gorilla Monsoon, the K&M connection. Right. That's what he says. He always says it. <laughs> Earlier on, I had a chance to catch up with Tom Zink and Rick Martel, the Can-Am connection, asked them what their plans were for the title. So it's with guarantee, Islanders, you'll pay what you have fit. Islanders, we want revenge, and revenge we're going to get. Is he speaking French, or did he have a mouthful of milk? No, he was, they spoke in English and French, yeah, a lot more than you could do. How many languages do you speak? Fluently? Yeah. None of your business. Yeah, not even one. And they were, I, I actually like them, I'm not going to lie. You do? I... I'm kind of indifferent to them. Like, well, they, they're, whatever. They're kind of like the Young Stallions, but better. Well, to me, they're proto Strike Force. And they're proto Strike Force, same tights and everything. Yeah. Hot team, uh, a lot of fan support. But again, the same vein of like, hi, we're here. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so they actually had a pretty notable match because WrestleMania 3, obviously, one of the most notable WrestleManias right. or WWE events ever. They're in the opener. Right. And it's one of the most notable sightings of KM connections yeah. you said 400 times. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So they defeated the Morocco and Orton. And they start to work themselves into a feud with the Islanders. And man, there was heat in that feud. If you've ever watched some of the MSG from the spring and summer of 87, the uh, Can-Am Islanders feud is a hot feud. But in July of 87, Tom Zank quits the WWF after a dispute with Martel and Vince about money. It's a whole thing. I don't know all the deep particulars, to it. we know he would end up in WCW um, with a push, actually. Zink? Yeah. Yeah, the Z-Man. Yeah. So Martel's on his own for a little bit fighting the Islanders until finally he brings in resident WWF babyface Tito Santana. Also consummate mid-carter. Consummate mid-carter himself. <laughs> yeah. So it's, they're, like the, they're like the mega powers of the mid-carters. <laughs> The, that's the right. Carter powers. And they're like, we're going to strike with force. Hey, let's be strike force. Yeah. That's how the team name comes around. Is that really around. what yes. did that happen that in happened. an interview? That's real. That's unfortunate. I know. And we're going to be striking 
with force, baby. I'll tell you what, that doesn't sound bad. What, what about the strike force? We're going to strike with them with, with lightning force. With lightning force. Very catchy name and a new tag team strike force. Matilda. They shockingly beat the Hart Foundation on Superstars to the tag titles on late 87. Yeah, now I always thought this was such a weird thing. Like, they just kind of like, they formed and they're like, okay, we're the champion. Like, they just <laughs> fucking won them. And like, they kick their asses. Yeah. <laughs> like, they make Anvil submit to the Boston crowd. Well, the thing that's interesting about this, too, is that if you recall, Tito was established in a feud with the the Hearts, like anybody in Jimmy Hart's stable yes. after the whole fucking, like, <laughs> Danny Macho Man, Danny Davis shit. Yep. Like, yeah. Like, yep, yep. so. Tito already hadn't existed. He hated anybody involved with Jimmy Hart. <laughs> right, so. right. That's true. So they uh, they win the tag titles, and then they lose them at WrestleMania 4, obviously, famously, at a demolition. Right. And shortly thereafter, in the spring of 88, Martel takes real time off, about six months off, to take care of his wife, who was sick at the time. So he wasn't injured or something. No, it was kayfabe. In kayfabe, they acted like he died. Like <laughs> his arm fell off right. or something happened they to him. They killed him with a de- demolition decapitation, I right. think, on the outside. Right. And it's just like, he doesn't work here he's right. hurt he's hurt yeah. so tito brings in the powers of pain it's a whole thing anyway right. january of 89 martel comes back as a face still still a face they reunite strike force this for, is one of my favorite yeah. things it's so good for wrestlemania 5 against the brain busters of right. all teams right and we all know the ending there where martel accidentally gets hit by santana right he walks away and at the end of the match after santana gets spike pile driven <laughs> by the brain busters oh my God, right the brain busters destroy she does it like right. like mercilessly absolutely and, like, and if i recall during while the beatdown's going they stretch it out and they're bragging yeah. as they're doing it they're and, so dicky and, and bobby's like cheering <laughs> them on like they're just beating up a helpless like one man like it's like so fucked up there's nothing better than like a confident bobby when he knows that he can be confident right. because <laughs> but it as we've seen from Tully too during this oh, run, like, Tully is like hamming it up <laughs> yeah. as they're like killing Tito Santana. It's true. And then Gene with the famous promo with Martel, where right. he's like, "He's a loser. I don't need him. He wants to write my coattails." Yeah. And all that stuff. You're a loser, Tito Santana. <laughs> and he says this forever. This, yep. this endless feud begins. You know, I'm sick. I'm tired of carrying him around. You know, I was doing great when I was, uh, since I've been coming to WWF as a single wrestler, but no, Mr. Tito wants to ride my coattail once more. Ooh. But I'm sick and tired of him. I've been carrying him around for too long already. Wait a minute, Rick Martel. You're out of line. Strike Force was supposed to be a team. A team. I don't want to be associated with that guy. He's a loser. My favorite part is that it's like one of those feuds that it's consistent until about SummerSlam, but it's always lingering it's, after it's like over until like ninety three. Like yeah, they're it, in the Rumble and they it gets punch each up. other. It's it gets real. brought up many times. <laughs> it's kind of like Sean and Marty, like right. forever. That would always linger. But this one's a little different, only because it's like they, they have a main feud, and then when it's over, they kind of like fuck that guy. Like if yeah. I run into him by accident, <laughs> yeah, like it sucks. It's, yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> so Martel turns heel. He briefly has Slick with him as his manager as he's morphing into the model. Which I guess Doctor of Style yeah, model. No, so that always made sense to me. I didn't know why they didn't like fully follow through with it because I thought it was like kind of a cool pairing. I didn't mind it. Uh, it's not as notable. Like you don't see much of it on pay per view. It is at SummerSlam. I think at Survivor Series. I can't remember. And by by the time of the Rumble, I mean Slick kind of phases out. So if I recall, Jeb, yep. tell me if I'm getting the timing wrong here. But once Slick leaves, that's when the arrogance commercials start, right? Isn't that? Yeah. It's like about that time. It's around early 90. That's right. also when he gets the perm going. Right. So to me, this is peak 
model. Yes. This is when the big push starts. Right. The one that wins uh, at Coco Beware in the opener of six. Right. The that one where one. he gets the little shoelaces on his boots and, <laughs> yeah. the, and he comes out in the stupid outfits right. and the, the blazer, yep. the, the, the sweater thing. The sweater was the best version. And the music. And the music. The music is huge. Love that music. That music is Great one of my theme. favorite themes ever in WF. And I, I know it's not, I don't think it's nominated. Well, at we'll all. have to find yeah, out. We'll I don't find, know. We'll have to find There's out. There's only two I, spots. I doubt it, though, because nobody really there's too many that's themes one, that's one of those good themes that nobody really they know it's good but they don't like put in their brain they don't put it up there as like an all-timer to me it's like it's so top 10 yeah it's it's great like, yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a fun re- theme it's great because it's just like different than all the other things right. it's like soothing it is it's, it's like, calming look at this fucking asshole yeah. <laughs> usually coming out with a tennis racket yep. or, and like posing or a boat captain outfit or something I like lo- that i also love how outlandish his outfits start getting like the one with the big button that yes. says I'm a model. Uh, yes, on it. I am a model, yeah, right? With a pink jacket or blue so jacket. So dumb I and know. it's so good. So uh his biggest feud, as we all know, is against Jake Roberts. He blinds him with the arrogance. They right. Jake's eye gets white and all that. Yeah, and that was actually interesting because that was like a year build up with the arrogance. They had Just planted about, yeah. the arrogance in his character. Yep. And they'd always said stuff like, oh, that's going to blind someone. It's going to take someone's eye out. But they never really did anything with it. And then all of a sudden, just at once you're not even thinking about it anymore yep. near the end of the year, he does it to Jake the Snake yep. Roberts and like blinds him. Yeah. The doctor's like, not until next week, Jake, and all that. <laughs> and they have the famous blindfold match, which I don't care what you think of it. Martell sold that shit with gusto. I mean, so Martell me, is a pro in that. That's a total psychological match, and it's a good match for both um, Martell as being really good at like a slimy heel during it, but it's also good for a guy like Jake, who he's just teasing the DDT most oh, yeah. of the match, and it's actually really well done. From a psychology perspective, Like, I feel like that's the kind of match that it's more technical in a weird way that like wrestlers should study that from a technical perspective but from a presentation perspective it's not very good obviously right from a from an actual like i bet there's wrestlers who like were like that was like inspiration for certain learning certain psychology because that is just it's just a masterpiece in that sense the crowd's in every single second of it and that's a testament to both guys and that's kind of the biggest the biggest thing martel did after that he would linger around the mid card always as like one of those people for a face to beat Right. You know, perennial intercontinental challenger. You know, he's in and out kind of. By 93, 94, the biggest last push that he got was he was in the IC finals of the yeah, Battle Royal with yeah, Razor. Yeah, got brought up. Yeah, and, it, and honestly, it. it didn't, it was kind of just filler. It's just filler, right. But it's funny that they, they kind of tried to make it so that Martel would have some kind of, like, accomplishment there. Correct, right. Um, now, if I recall, Joe, is he, like, by this point in time, is he kind of, his body's pretty broken down, right? I mean, half broken. Yeah, I'd okay, say he's yeah. around thirty nine, forty. He's not in the, you know, he's he's in the twilight of his career. His his body is not what it used to be. No, he's uh, past his prime. He's past his prime. I do want to mention one more thing before I forget. Uh, the feud with Sean, that little mini feud in the summer ninety two, was really fun. I just want to say oh, yeah, that. No, that, that's I actually, fun. I think that's like kind of like his yeah. swan song, not the yeah. razor shit. Yeah, that's like the, 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 the really whole good thing, thing with Sherry and the. Du- I'm fun. going to dump the water. On <laughs> yeah, her. Like, he's all happy about yeah, it. Like that, that is actually a really good, nice piece of work there, and it, it's it a rare heel versus heel feud. Yes, very yeah. rare, especially yeah. for '92. Exactly. So then he kind of leaves WWF in the summer of '94 and makes a one last appearance. I think it was replacing Nightheart in the '95 Rumble. Remember, he's just yeah. in the '95 Rumble. The '95 Rumble, Rumble <laughs> is notable for like a bunch of people that yeah. you're like. Who crushes yeah. there? Isn't there people like? Isn't somehow Katow or one of those people? No, there? no. But uh, Dick, that's the one with Dickie Murdoch. Dick Murdoch. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking of. And then he is uh, just on the end. He's you know low key. Shows up in WCW in January of '98 on Nitro and this Thunder. Is, this is one of my. 
it's so good. It's one of my favorite like yeah. things in WCW period. And he's not really a face or a heel. Yeah, and he comes in like kind of surprisingly. You're like, wait, Rick Martel's still a wrestler? Like any the thing is, is that I always thought this was interesting about him. Is like he kind of has like a tan, more of a tan, and his hair's cut shorter. He's in good shape, and he looks new or something. Yeah. Like he looks slightly different enough that you're like, what happened? Like right. he did, what did he like? The the they put him back together or something? <laughs> like I don't understand. He like he looks really good, and his matches were great. He was not the model. He was just I'm a I'm a wrestler. Basically, I am the it was wrestler, his, yeah. Rick Martel, baby. <laughs> and he wins a TV title. Right, and everyone loved that. Now, this I is did. during the <laughs> is this during the Fit Finley and yeah, it's around this? that time because I remember he's like he he's inter- involved, like he interjects into the middle yes. of like Booker T and like and is Benoit. It, is I it think. Voldemort? It's all of those yeah. people, yeah. And Fit Finley and all he these pokes people. His nose yeah. in. He pokes his nose in, and if if I recall that this is part of what leads to that best of five, but it's Martell's out of, of the picture. Yeah, yeah. Martell's not in that. He injures himself in February of '98, sadly. Only about six weeks into his comeback. And this was like, I think, in the rematch to try to reobtain the TV title or something. Possibly. Because they were, they were, that feud was still going when he got hurt. Yeah, he was like a player. He mattered. He was, he <laughs> did. Like, and it, I just, to me, it's one of the happiest moments in all of watching wrestling I is loved the it. match where he wins the title. It's I like, loved it. And folks. The, if I recall, the crowd pops I think. after because they're like, it was just unexpected. Yeah, like, it was like, just Rick like, Martell? Rick Martell's the television champion? What the fuck? And this is when the TV title was, like, good. And they were really building. Yeah, it was yeah. really good here. But now, did he tap? He's tapping. He tapped, he tapped him. We have a new world's TV champion. We got a new champion. Martell did it. Incredibly. Wow. And then he has one more match there in July, and he re-injured himself. And that's it for him on a big stage. I know he wrestled a little bit more, I think. I guess there was always just a spot for him, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about him real quick yeah. here. I want to put a theory out there a little opinion here i think he's better as a face than as a heel your thoughts um if we're judging it by the wcw run then yes even just his wwf face work i think he's better suited for that fighting from underneath fiery comeback style i think i think i actually think he's almost equal in both i think his heel run is so exceptional like it's very like maybe until 92 quinn Maybe the first year he couldn't, he was figuring it out, but by 90, he was like excellent as a heel. 90 to 92, I'd say, is a good yeah, heel. He yeah, only, okay. it, only, it only took him one, not even one year, like six months to figure out how to be a heel. Yeah, true. Like, to be honest with you. True. I don't think he would have ever been WWF World Champion. I'm surprised he wasn't Intercontinental Champion, though. I always thought to myself that they were, he always appeared to be one of those guys they were grooming for the IC title, even in 90 when he was like, just yeah. kind of like, he was like at that point in your career where it's like make or break it's like you're right. at your actual physical prime he's 35 and it seems that they just it's There's again it's one, of those, it's one of those situations where they just went with mr perfect instead yeah which like, is mr fine. perfect <laughs> actually it's always interesting because this has been brought up before by going with him they threw a monkey wrench in a bunch of mid carters that they were building up like the boss man martel good point like yeah. that like they it's just like all these guys like texas tornado even like yeah. they, they tried but they didn't it was like still it was like no mr perfect that's the one we want and i think that was the right choice honestly right but i think martel yeah you know what the big strike against him is not a great promo i mean we know the heel thing is funny but like to Again, be a world this is champion. why I didn't understand why they didn't just keep Slick with them, because to me, those two would have been like reveling in each <laughs> other's silliness. But Slick is a manager of a world champion. I can't really right. fathom that either, because yeah. Slick was like their their C-level manager. But I think he had, in, in ring, great worker. 
Martel, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I mean, excellent. wouldn't you say? Excellent, definitely. And I just thought it was so proven during the WCW run. Like it was like, wow, he's like he could have always lit it up. It was like, so nice to have to see that late career renaissance that he had and prove that this really, guy was always good. You it know, really, I think it changed my view of him overall in his entire career. I think it did for me too. It was like a big diff. It was like this guy's good. You know, now I don't know that Rick Martel ever had the match. You know, uh, he, not, he didn't have a lot of really great singles matches. He's just a solid worker, just like a all solid these worker, like like a Tito. Yeah, uh, and I don't think he ever should have been WWE World Champion. Obviously, no, I don't think that's ever what people thought. But I, I don't think that uh, again he could have been the Intercontinental Champion. But I think they did the right thing by going with Mister Perfect mm-hmm. in that yeah, spot. One hundred percent. There's not a lot of time where he could have been the IC Champion. Honky had it. Warrior, like you can't squeeze him in really you, you gotta do I, I don't know like you just gotta do what you gotta do right yeah. it's just like it's one of those things where I don't think it's a discredit to him that he was no. the, the IC title division was just crowded yeah like, and, and they just went with one you gotta pick the best choice right. and I thought that they did but anyway that's Rick Martel a great wrestler fondly remembered I'd say a really good worker as a heel and as a face especially and folks you can let us know your thoughts on Rick Martel but when we come back there are only two names left in the tank that's right we're talking the best entrance themes of all time the royal rankings we're gonna pull out the last two out of the tank see where they rank royal rankings coming up right after this does she walk does she talk does she come complete my home A lot of changes going on in the World Wrestling Federation for one man in particular. And he's standing by right now. He's Rick Martel, along with his new manager, the Doctor of Style, Slick. You know you talk about a guy blowing a lot of hot air. Well, Chico, you really take the cake. I mean, you want all the people all over the country to believe that you just broke up and you're hurt because of the breakup of you and Martel. The only thing you're hurt about is having somebody to fall back on for your lack of talent, chump. Exactly right, Slickster. And you know what? I heard he's going around telling everybody some bad things about our newly formed association. You know, I believe he's jealous. Because he doesn't have the doctor's style beside him to to handle his affairs. He doesn't have my look, my body, my ability, my speed, my agility. That's right, Santana. You don't have anything. You're history after you and I meet. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining us here. It is Monday, December the 30th, 2019, here for episode number 159. 159! Thank you, Quinn. Uh, Folks, we mentioned we have a Patreon. I just want to explain that again for you one more time. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, the reason we do this is because we know we have people that like the show. We know that we have people that want to donate, and we give you back as much great content as we can. So if you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, here's what you're going to get for $2 a month. That's $2 a month, first of all. $2 flat. Flat. For the month, Mm -hmm. you get every single week the weekly raw video that comes out on Mondays. And it's basically the making of, the behind the scenes of the regular Monday episode. You get to see all our grudges, gripes, and grunts. Yes. (laughs) Um, Smacking them and whacking them. Smacking of whacking. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know about that. (laughs) But it doesn't just include that. You also unlock a back archive of OVP commentaries, of which there are over 30 of them. I think 
35 of those. 35 commentaries. That's us giving a commentary on a specific match from the WWE Network, and you can sync up with us if you want to and watch along with us. And you also get about a dozen Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras. Yes, uh, there's 12 of those, and those are super fun. They're they're the more wacky Mount Rushmores and Death Valleys, and what's fun is there's a lot of people who just never heard those because they were Patreon exclusives. Yep. Now you get them for the $2 tier. Yep. You know, they just come with the raw footage yep. every week. So you can check that out. Now, if you add $1 to that, so now we're only talking $3 a month, you get everything we mentioned. And every other Friday, we release Quinn and I watching WWF from 1983. What this is, is we watch the video, and it's on the screen with us, so you get to see the video and us. We did all of 1982, and those are actually getting released on YouTube as well. There's about 20 of them. And actually, I wanted to say... um. Last week, we released, actually, one of the better episodes I think we ever did of that. It involves Chief J. Strongbow. Title and changes, Jules, right? And title changes and nonsense. I implore you to check that out. I think that's one of the best examples of, like, when those live reviews are at their best. Yes, and that is on our YouTube channel. You can check it out, our vantage point on YouTube. Uh, that's only $3 a month. You get all that. And those are also released, these reviews, in audio form for the people that either don't have time or don't want to watch a video. We release them in audio form as well. Yeah, So you can check that out. Then the top tier is only $5. Right. That's, that's it. it. That's all it is. $5 a month. You get everything we mentioned, plus... Every month, Quinn and I are reviewing, in order, every single WWF pay-per-view. We started with the first WrestleMania. We've done the Wrestling Classic. You name it. Even the big event and WrestleFest 88 have thrown in for Mm -hmm. fun. This month, uh, Survivor Series came out for the December review. And next month, coincidentally, for January, it's Royal Rumble 89. Right. Um, I mean, we're almost into 89 now. We're just about... I mean, we're about to start We will be there, Um, So that's many years of pay-per-views already. And we're going to just keep going into the in-your-house era. It's just going to keep keep going every month, a new pay-per-view. Yep, and these are full-length, fully produced, like two-and-a-half, sometimes three-hour reviews, in-depth, star ratings and everything of the WWF pay-per-views. And that's on Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. At least go to the webpage and see if you're interested at all. And look, we understand some people either don't want to or can't donate. We get that, and that's okay. We're thankful that you're even listening to the free show to begin with. And everything's now listed and organized via tags, so you can... Like, even if you're a new subscriber, you can easily find everything. Like, there's a sidebar, and it would just lead you directly to, like, you're looking for commentaries. You're looking for live reviews. So it's no confusion, anything like that. You can just access everything at your own pace. Yep, at your own convenience. Yeah. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right, Michael, it's time for the Royal Rankings. Now, what is the Royal Rankings? Well, it's where we rank things that are good. (laughs) Um, It's not the bad rankings, which is the flush. Right. Um, And this... Uh, season Ooh. we've been doing these themes, right? Yeah, we've had some good themes to talk about. Basically, folks, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top ten and your bottom ten of something. And for this season, it was entrance themes. We've got some great submissions. We've been ranking them. Every other week, we alternate. So we do the best, and then we do the worst, right? And this is the final rankings. This is the final for the best. We'll have the top ten by the end of this episode. Yep. And what we do is we pull out two at a time. We rank them. And at the end of the season, we come up with the OVP scientific, certified, notarized, organic, non-GMO, ordained, baptized, best and worst entrance themes of all time. So why don't we run down what we've got on the board right now because this this could change. Oh, it could be a big time change. I mean, you never know who's going to pop in there, right? Pop through that curtain. 
At number one is Steve Austin's theme. Okay, the Stone Cold Man. Fair. Number two, Randy Savage, Pomp and Circumstance, which held strong. Held strong. It just edged out number three, which is Demolition's theme. And I get it if people would want to put that as number one. I, it's, I mean, it would be number one to me, but I couldn't. I couldn't push it past the finish line, folks. Yep. Number four, Hulk Hogan, Real American. Number five, The Undertaker's theme. Six, Ric Flair. Seven, the NWO. And eight, I'm still kind of surprised this made it, the Honky Tonk Man. It's good. It's good, yes. It's it's just not anywhere near the rest of it. (laughs) And just to clarify one more thing, in case it's your first time listening to one of these, Quinn and I don't vote, we just rank. Right. You guys hand them to us and we rank. Right. So that is the top eight. We're going to pull out the final two names today. So without any further ado, let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Royal rankings of the season. Like we said, Quinn, some high stakes here. We're going to find out the top 10 best entrance themes of all time the very shortly. Stakes. And you know, I just thought we're also going to find out uh, who didn't make the cut either. That'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of stakes and cuts, you know, yeah. cuts, <laughs> some prime cuts here for you, folks. Prime grade A beef. Beef. All right. Without uh, without screwing around anymore. This is very serious. No now. screw. No more screw. Okay. Let's find out. The world is waiting. Who drew? Number nine. There he is. That can only be one man. Your favorite, Joe. Don't be biased. I know that one. Bret Hart. Now, I want to say that specifically his 94 and onward theme made it's it. It's good. This is the one that was voted and in. I, okay, I understand people like really like the like ding, 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 ding <laughs> version or whatever. Right. But like to me, this is the one. This is when they were like, no, he's Bret fucking hard. Right. It's like, here it is. Guitars blaring. Like, he's going to come out to kick your ass. He's got a skull with a flame, whatever the fuck that is, with the wings. Wings, birds. Wings. Something, something with birds. birds. Cows. I don't know. But there he is, Bret the Hitman. Bret the Hitman's theme. Now, Quinn referenced his first theme, which uh, he started using. They started using that, I believe, in early 89, late 88. Right. I can't remember. And that was a good theme. Let's yeah. not, you know, it's fine. It was the Heart Foundation's theme. It goes a little something like this. Right, so it's, it's a little lower fi. To me, it's just like it's the outline of his thing. Right, it's like the basic like. Here are what the notes are. Like, <laughs> right, and actually, this was written by uh, guess who? Jimmy Hart. Yeah, baby, baby. Maybe. He was just like baby, 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 <laughs> did it, did it. And I wouldn't be surprised if that original version is just his demo that he made and they used it. Right. It and sounds they, like it. It almost sounds like they had planned to flush it out and they just waited way too many years. Right. And then like eventually they're like okay finally let's like right. make it what it's supposed to be. So that song debuted as the Heart Foundation's theme song 
but by the time the Hart Foundation broke up or stopped teaming, you know, they amicably split in the spring of 91, mm-hmm. it just became associated with Bret Hart. It was just Bret Hart. Well, that's because the Anvil had the new foundation, like, ding-dong, ding-ding-dong, <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then eventually, like, the Owen Hart theme, basically. Yeah. Now, he did, uh, Jim Neidhart occasionally used this in his 94 singles run, but only very briefly, so right. we don't want to really talk about that, yeah. but Bret last notably used it. Uh, when winning the world title from Yokozuna at WrestleMania 10. Yakazuma. From this Yakazuma. This Yakazuma. After that, I don't know if it was the next night on Raw or within a couple of weeks, he debuted the new version, the one with right. the screeching uh, electric guitar it's note. so good. It is good. And this song to me, even though he started using it as early as 94, I really associate it, Quinn, with Bret Hart's heel run from 97 oh, really? yeah no because i think of it as the the rise of the mega face and the downfall Fair. to the heel like that to me like actually the boisterousness of this when he's a heel is almost like man what a f-? like this yeah. guy still thinks we like him <laughs> like fuck him like you know what i mean like you know because because he would come out all victorious to it as a heel and yep. i just feel Come on! Like <laughs> some something about this music was great for the way Brett walked to the ring to begin with, and especially once they added the Titantron, <laughs> well, it also just stomped down the it ring. It also weirdly goes with the you know my matches are good like this theme like just fits it so much. You know, I thought I had a really good theme song. Uh, Jimmy Hart wrote it for me. I'm not related to him, but you know, I, I thought I had one of the better themes. Uh, you, you know, Sean had Sexy Boy, and I think that was very good. <laughs> pulling his pants down to his ankles. You know, if you're gonna be a rocker, you gotta have a real rock theme. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this theme, it will, I mean, Brett did use it throughout 94, uh, his unfortunate most of 95, yeah. and in 96, uh, when he comes down to WrestleMania 12, he just kind of storms it. I love Brett's entrance, by the way. It's yeah. not a, it's not flashy, it's not flamboyant, but it's very much like Brett the wrestler, just straightforward, direct, like, fuck yeah, I'm here. Now, you know? another part of this theme that is, um, it fits the entrance so well. And they used to do it a lot more once he got the screeching guitar thing. Is when the guitar would screech, they would do that shot where they would like zoom down yeah. the tunnel or whatever, yeah. and he would like storm out yeah. and like it was like like as like the cameras like yep. going. And I'm like, that is that is why the music goes with his entrance so <laughs> yeah, well. It does, yeah. And uh, it's also an early er example of having one of, like a signature at the beginning, right? You know like, what I mean? People like they hear that screeching. It's like. Yeah. And then, like, everyone's like, yeah, it's fucking Bret Hart. Right. Like, they don't even need to hear the dan na na Right. Which is weird because the dan na na that was, like, the actual, like, that was the thing you knew him for was that, like... What was the thing that, we knew him for? The dan na Right. That, that was the hook. Right. But what's weird is that the screeching guitar, after a while, became the hook that, like, made you know it was Bret Hart. The new hook. Yeah, the new hook. And it worked great as a heel, too, in 97, when that would that music would hit to open up Raw or something, and the Hart Foundation would storm now, out. Okay, the other thing that, it, because it's like a guitar, right, and it's like hard rock, it fit that, like, leather jacket look that the Hart <laughs> Foundation... I'm not even kidding. I know, like, remember, I know. Now, do you remember, also, I, I know it's not, like, mentioned that much... But remember when they were the Heart Foundation and they had Heart Foundation jackets, right? Yeah. But remember, I always liked the subtleness of how Davey had the one without the, like... The sleeves. The sleeves because <laughs> yeah. he's the strong one. Yeah, like, true. that shit. And Brian Pillman had the more, like, vesty version yeah, because he's Brian Pillman and he always wore a he vest. He always wore a vest anyway, yeah. Like, yeah. it's just really funny. And Owen, <laughs> yeah. 
Owen had, and of course Owen had the imitation, like it's just Brett's coat, right? <laughs> because that's that fits Owen perfectly. Like their coats even like matched who they were. Do you think they thought that all out? Yes, I think they one hundred percent thought that. I out. I could see Brett thinking that out. Like, because of course my baby brother is going to want to like. He's just going to want like yep. the Brett Hart version. Well, yeah, because Owen like, became. Remember the complete one eighty? He becomes like a total kiss he, ass. He's like, a total like bootlicker of Brett the Hitman Hart. So like it's ridiculous. I love it. Uh, now Brett did get a tweaking for his theme song when he returned in 2010. Unfortunately, wearing those jean shorts. Now I actually like. I actually kind of sort of like the newer version in a way because I feel like it's kind of like it's the proper remix of like a character who's returning, right? Like a Brett for a new era, like kind of okay. thing. And I was like, uh, there's a lot of people who don't like this. And I, I kind of like, I'm okay with it because it's not like he wrestles anymore. So I'm not really like mad about his theme. It's like, it's almost like to me, this is like a tribute theme to his theme. Want to take a listen to yeah, it? Yeah, let's go. All right. So, so that's you, the get same. The, you get the scrape, but yeah, like a little faster. A little yeah, it's not like it's not like offensive to me. It's not offensive. But there's also another See, there's other screeching yeah. in it, which is interesting <laughs> to me. Now you want to see offensive? His WCW theme. Let's oh, take a God, listen to this, his first this, WCW this is theme. Offensive. I hate this so much. This is okay. This, this Joe. I want to say this. This is where you mo- you've modified it too far. Right. Like, it's like it's like the WF like newer one. It's like that's like a, a respectful modification. This is just like stop. Listen to like, this. Yeah, I hate it. It's like did you just hear me slam my hand on the table? But yeah, like that, I just I hate what they did to it. Like it's just. It's too far. What about when he used... Uh, there's another one that he used in WCW. I think he had three. I can't remember. But there's one that's like hideously bad. I think this is it. Wait, what is... I don't this even... last theme. What was it? NWO 2000 version? Oh! <laughs> I wish you folks on the audio could have just seen my face. It was it was funny. It's horrible. Listen this to this shit. Horrible! That's what I like it is. how they always try to mix in the like <laughs> the main verse, main whatever hook thing. This is just. Dun, can we can you turn this off, please? Dun. I hate it. Okay. I hate Hang it. on, if I, we play it faster, I think it becomes like his normal song. I, almost. Wait, what? Is that like a secret? What? That's weird. <laughs> what is this like Pink Floyd right now? What are you going to tell me if you play Shawn Michaels theme backwards It's Bret Hart's theme? <laughs> That'd be funny. I don't know. if Did he have another one in and WCW? You, and, yeah. Let me try this. <laughs> what is what? this? Now, this is like another brick in the wall. This really is. <laughs> We're never going to get a chance to do these. So I just. <laughs> what are they thinking? It's like electricity or something. Look at this. Like, electric. Okay, it's the same thing. Okay, but, but it's yeah, just worse. It's just like a dumb intro. Uh, all right. So Bret's... why did they do, why did they do that? It's weird too because it's funny that WCW like embellished their own shitty theme. Like they're like, we're gonna have our history of Bret Hart's music, like WF has. Like, and it's like all within like two years. Like they like Seriously. keep modifying the theme. It wasn't even there that long. It's like this was this was a real banger for us. Like it's like let's make remixes. Let's, let's remix this one already. Yeah. So you think overall this is a really good theme? I do. Oh yeah, Bret's theme is it's iconic. It the fits guitar, him. Um, it's just really good. It's I, good for celebration. I wish I could like say more about it, but it really is just it's damn good. It's like, damn good. That's all you really need to know. It's good for uh, entrance. It's good for celebration. Hey, these are very comfortable pants. <laughs> you know what? I paid for these, Jerry. They're good around the house and they're good for outside. 
it can work as a heel or a face, like we were saying. You know, he's like all dicky when he comes out with it as yeah. a heel. It's one of those themes that if somebody tries to argue with you where they're like, his theme wasn't that good, just fucking play it for them. Yeah, right, exactly. Or just like watch one of his entrances where it was like the full, like, it's really good in like the Austin matches, surprisingly, mm-hmm. too. Like the, at least the Survivor, Survivor Series 96 one. Um, it's good at WrestleMania 13 also. Yeah, but it's also, so I actually think it's really funny when he walks away as a heel with this yeah. music playing at the end of, of, of WrestleMania 13, because he like, I, I noted this to you. I watched that match again recently, and I noted to you that when he walks away, half the way up the ramp, he's like high-fiving people like right. he still thinks he's a he's a face. And then like some fan like curses right in his face because they're just like so fed Gives up with him. Gives him the finger, I think, And then right? Brett turns heel down the aisle for the rest of it and like gives the finger back to everyone it's like very good it and is. all the while this music that music's playing <laughs> yeah. and it's like excellent that's a great song i'm glad yeah. that one made it uh now there's one left folks so if you've been waiting in suspense with bated breath if you will the wait is no more we got five seconds until we find out who drew number 10 Now this guy, this the theme, ultimate warrior. This theme is like, okay, I'm gonna say it straight up. This is one of those themes that might just like take the route here. <sighs> like it's like it's known as like literally one of the best themes ever, and it's so simple yet so effective. This theme, right? I mean, know? is okay. Would you say it's one of those themes that the theme makes the wrestler, or the wrestler makes the theme? I think the wrestler makes the theme in a sense, but. They're, they're symbiotic, if you yeah. will. They're just tied they together. Very, they're almost like equally yeah. good. Um, the, this theme helped make the warrior, I think, but the warrior was the perfect person for this music. It's so high intensity, high energy. I mean, like, it, I, it, it's amazing to watch, especially in the early days of the Ultimate Warrior and like from 88 to 89 when he was like really building up. Uh-huh. It's amazing to watch the crowd as soon as that like that, Dang, that's an that, early. that first fucking like that one chord do, and do, 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 drum do, hit yeah yep. like boom like and everyone like you see there's there's been cases especially those those summer slams when he would come out right where you would see people literally jump out of their chairs when the first <clears throat> of his yeah. like theme would come on i know like, where they're like oh boy and that also that 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 like knowing how the ultimate warrior is like he's known for coming out fast and maybe he might win in two seconds right. it's like <laughs> the fans are literally like standing up to that first beat just because they want to catch the warrior they don't they don't want to miss anything right because this guy is like a history he's a maniac yeah he's a maniac he he might just like run out there so fast he might win the match so quickly that you might miss it good point Quinn. now this was written by jim johnston this time around this is not jimmy hart jimmy hart wrote the theme song for the rockers though which is very similar to this yes i know it's very notable it's the same yeah progression just slightly played differently anyway though this song is better yeah, this 100% song is way better. better. It's just more boisterous. It is in your face. It has all the qualities of like demolition theme in terms right. of like being right up in your shit, getting you excited. It's got the benefit of coming out to the time it came out. It was like when the hard rock yes. style themes were popular. Yep. And this one just stuck. Like it just stuck and it, you know, they used it the entire career of the warrior. Yeah. 
Like it, it was just it's always his music. It was like no, it's like it isn't the ultimate warrior if he doesn't come out to this. Yeah, and you don't need to improve upon this. Right, this exactly. is good. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is excellent. This is you don't all need to he add needed. Lyrics to it or anything. <laughs> he's I'm the ultimate. Yeah, or he's the ultimate warrior. Bah, warrior, bah. Like, yeah, like just something stupid. Warrior, yeah, Yeah, you don't need to imagine. Add, yeah, it would be bad. But I'm just saying, like, it's just one of those like it's kind of just came out of the studio and they said. We got a masterpiece. This here. is it. Yeah, yeah. it's like perfect, <sighs> and it works so well for him because of the frenetic, frenetic pace that he was right when he ran out and shook the ropes. The music embellishes all of that, right? The and music, enhances it. Yeah, I mean, like I would literally like sometimes. I remember as a kid watching the VHS tapes, right? And I'd literally like shake my head like the Ultimate Warrior did, like to the music, yeah, that, like like and shake my head to like the actual like especially when it gets to the later verses there's actually a part where it's like right exactly and him winning the world title with this music blaring or beating savage and putting his coat on and leaving remember that oh my god puts on the duster exactly it's just the the thing too is like again we said this about really good themes like is that they're good for the intro and the outro this one's got this one's got the both with that absolutely has the both with that uh when he made a surprise return at wrestlemania 8 and just that first chord hit and everyone freaked out remember that yeah that that is another perfect use of that music where it was like the warrior big gone and they wanted it to be a surprise and because the music hit it just it literally like pounded everyone into the nostalgia strings even though the warrior had only been gone for like six months but people felt like he was gone forever and like they just they heard those first chords and they're like yes he's back like yeah what about when he came back at wrestlemania 12 when that music hit yeah no i remember that i remember being like holy shit well i remember what was interesting about that entrance is that i knew what his music was by that point because it was much later right yeah and so i remember they actually like waited a second to play it yep and what like it almost felt in my head like there was this gap where he like hunter they had come out but warrior hadn't yep. and i remember just thinking like where is it yep where is it? Where, where, stirring where, up shit remember yeah, it's like where where's the where's the dun, dun, dun? like and i'm yep. like i'm waiting for it i'm waiting and then it hits and i'm like yes it was great yeah so and well then the done match was two seconds and i got all mad but <laughs> i'm fine with that yeah oh man there's look there's so many good things about this but it's hard to articulate them all but it just worked i mean yeah. him running out to this like a maniac shaking the ropes like we said it just Worked winning titles with it. Yeah. Surprise opponent for Honky Tonk Man. Surprise returns. Getting his revenge on Rick Rude. Getting his revenge on Rick Rude, right? right in 89. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things with this All song. The, the moments. The right? moments associated with it. Warrior brought it at the big time, I'm telling you. At WrestleMania is that paper. He yeah, brought it. Not to go on a, a warrior tangent, but he's, yeah, one he's of, also a shitty person. Yeah, but he's <laughs> also one of those wrestlers that because of that DVD or whatever, they act like he was like the worst wrestler ever. I know, and when I know. we look back, it's like in the big match, he was always there. He, like, yeah. he, he always pulled it off. And like, even if he had to get carried and, and cooperate with, it's wrestling. It's a job, and yeah. sometimes people gotta help you out. Nevertheless, we can talk about that another time. Maybe in our pay-per-view reviews, because we'll be seeing a lot of him. Right. He's, you know, we're just getting into the, the warrior era. Yeah, here. exactly. But man, did that theme work. And to this day, that is a pump you up, get you excited type of theme. I mean, it is just pure energy. And it's pure energy, too. And what's interesting about it is, especially when he won at six, and even I always think of the the last night we ever saw, right? Sure. When it was playing, there's After some kind of like emotion to it, too. Like when he, because I always remember where his face paints off at WrestleMania six and he's holding the belts up and yeah. you almost like want to like 
you almost want to like cry. You're right. like, he did it. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like this triumph after so much struggle. Yep. And that same, like it had that goodbye feel when he left as an old man. In 2014. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, there is just the way it was composed. Again, it's very simple. If you know music, you know, it's not that many chords. I don't know them off the top of my head, but it's a few chords. It's basically E, G, and A with a C on the bridge. There's also an A augmented fifth, if you care. But it's just so well done. Just every guitar note, the drum beat, the, the tempo, everything about it is perfect for the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, it's even at the right speed, it right? Is. With the tempo, like, yep. it's not, like... It's not too fast. It's not too fast, but it's not too slow. Uh-huh. It's, it's, like, the perfect tempo. Yep, it was just brilliantly done. Hats off to Jim Johnston there. I think that's all we need to say about it now, yeah, though, right? I mean, definitely. we have to rank, so... Okay, it's rank time. All right, folks, I'm going to run them down again. Just keep this in mind. Number one, Steve Austin. Two, Randy Savage. Three, Demolition. Four, Hulk Hogan. Five, The Undertaker. Six, Ric Flair. Seven, the NWO theme. And eight is the Honky Tonk Man. Michael, where do you want to start Bret Hart's theme? Well, let's just work our way up since it's the last one, right? Okay. I mean, this is this is this is it, right? Yeah. So this let's is it. let's be fair here. Um, it's better than honky. It's better than honky. <laughs> it's better than the NWO. Like, uh, I, think I don't think like, I disagree. Yeah. It's like automatic. Now, is it better the Bret Hart? Is it better than Ric Flair? Yeah, I, th- is, I think so. Yeah, I think it's better I, than Flair's. I do. I think it just edges it out. I think it's kick ass. I think Flair's is classy. It's elegant. Right. So it's kind of like again, it's like comparing apples to oranges here. Yeah. So it's kind of like okay, so now it's like. Which is more like iconic, I guess, oh. or you know what I mean? Flair's like, is very well remembered. That's true. Brett's has the advantage of being an original song if we really want to get technical. Yeah, that's true. Also, um, Brett's, they both fit the characters really well, obviously. Right. Flair's is perfect for him. That really worked for Brett, this 94 to 97 theme. I guess, you know why I, I, I wanted to compare these two is because these two themes invoke like greatness to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Ric Flair's and Brett the Hitman sure. Hearts. Yeah. Brett's has this boisterous, like, I'm the best kind of, but, but Ric Flair is like, just like kind of the same thing. It's right. like, I'm the best wrestler. Like that. It just, if music can invoke that feeling, I think it can, you know, I think Brett's is, uh, more wrestling sounding, if that makes sense. It's more kick your ass, you know, get in your face, get you ready to watch a wrestling match more than Flair's That's is. That's true. I think uh, Flair's. Is- Flair's is more like all bow down. The, 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 yeah. the best wrestler to ever live is right. coming to the ring. You know, I think Brett's is better for celebration. Yeah. Honestly, for after a match or for a run in or something like that. Right. I think I got to go Brett. I'm again, I'm not going to be biased, but I think I got to go Brett I'll, on this. I'll give Brett the edge here. Yeah, I will too. Um, but now the underpants taker, Quinn. Yeah. So this is again, remember we always run into this with the, um, the undertaker's fan base. It's it, this very is the, loyal. The best theme to ever. The creatures happen. of the night of the spoken. creatures of the night. They're sitting in the crowd in their <laughs> in their pale makeup and <laughs> a lady with a veil on her head. Uh, you know that kind of thing. That type of thing. They're, Black wreaths. Like fuck Bret Hart. Black but, licorice. So that's, yeah. that's what they're. That's what they're saying. They're but saying they, they, fuck they, Bret don't, Hart. they don't say it. They're they're thinking it. And they're right. like mind melding it to right. each other. Telekinetically. It's like the Undertaker's theme. That's music to my ears. Yeah. You know. Like, I, I love funerals. I, <laughs> I think I think Brett's is. I think it's better. a little bit better, but I think okay. I'll but edge why? Brett above. Yeah. No, I don't even need to know why because right. like it's it just it's better. Like it's just because <laughs> okay. you know what it is. That's where that's where we get to the. Remember how the Undertaker is like it sucks. Like after the match, like I don't know why that's his theme. It can be good, but <sighs> I think Brett. That's where the edge comes in. I just think that it's faster and more exciting, and that. You know, that says something. They all fit. Undertaker's obviously fits his character. 
everyone's on this list does. Yeah. All fits I, the character. Th- this is, uh, but I feel like we're hitting a wall here with Brett versus Hogan. What did you say? Hogan. Well, isn't that typical? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in this, in this case, I actually personally believe that Hogan's theme is like, it edges it out. Mm. I personally believe that. Mm. Real American is like a fucking classic, man. I am a real Canadian. Yeah, yeah but Brett's is really good. I can't. Why? I just, to me, Hulk Hogan's theme represents so much more than Hulk. It represents like, oh, it's like a main it. wrestling oh, thing. Like, it's like one of the best wrestling themes of all time. Yeah, I know it is. You, you can't even like, I as much as you love Brett, like it's like, really? Really? Well, all right, let's just get some criteria on here. Yeah. Do they both fit the character? They do. Yes. Are they both exciting? Yes. Good for post-match and pre-match? Yes. So yes. there's no uh, reason to put Brett above Hogan, is there? Because they all, you know what I'm they, saying? They're, they're like equal. Is Yeah. So uh, Hogan's incumbent. So yeah. is there anything about Brett's I just think that, that would edge it above Hogan? I think in the memorability factor... I really think Hulk Hogan's is yeah. like so like they're both iconic themes, but I just think that Hulk Hogan's like sort of edges it out. Maybe it's just that, you know, the character itself that's associated with it. I don't know. But like there's just something if you asked people to like put side by side, I think they'd be like, no, Hulk, like Hulk Hogan, Maybe. the real American. It's real American. Like <sighs> taking preferences for the wrestlers outside of it. Right. Yeah. Just judging it by themes. Brett's is kick ass, well, though, man. Musically, I, I, I like Brett's a little bit better. I do, but, too. However, yeah. that more is just, I feel like that shouldn't be as much of a factor because that's like, it's music, right? Like, there could be, there could be legitimately uh, many more people out there would, that would just look at Real American as like music and they would just, I, I like that better because that, that's just so subjective. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. If I you're know. just like, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because everyone's musical preferences differ. Right. So, as far as a wrestling theme, Honestly, I think they're about equal, but right. because of that, we'll leave Brett right below Hogan. Yeah, that's that's perfectly okay. I mean, man. it's number five. It's not like that's it's... That's not bad. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's not, it's not like he did bad. Out of all the themes that there ever are, there's yeah. only ten on the list, and right. to be midway through that is really good. I mean, look at Honky. I can't even believe he's number nine. <laughs> I'm but... pissed off that he's even on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so on, Bret Hart's going to settle at five. We're, we're locked in on that? That's good. I think that's fair. Okay. Folks, be sure to let us know your rankings. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us if you have a grievance or uh, join the group and let us know there. That's even more fun. All right, Quinn, the ultimate warrior, the final theme. Okay, so maybe a controversial decision here. Yeah. But I think it catapults all the way up and we it battles Hulk Hogan. I'm not joking. I think even you understand the gravity of the ultimate warrior's theme and how good it is and if you look at honky nwo rick flair <laughs> undertaker bret hart it's just like come on like the ultimate warrior theme i'll put it right up against hogan's now with you yeah okay. i think it's just it's just leapfrogging all right uh again in much the same way that bret hart's did it matches all the criteria that hogan's has which is it fits the character it's memorable it gets you ready for a wrestling match but i think i think ultimate war edges bret out because i mean yeah that is like I, I agree. As much as like both of them have that like that thing at the beginning, it's like the Ultimate Warriors is like it's even more like it no, just, just it, it blasts out the crowd even more than the guitar. Like, I agree. Somehow it's like, almost it, indescribable. Yeah, Warriors music. How the the feeling that people get from it. It's got like an intangible. It that does you, that you can't quantify. I agree. I think it's better than Hogan's. I think it's better than Hogan's too. But now demolition is going to be a challenge. Challenge. Because these right, are because they were like kind of developed at the same time, and they're kind of vein. the same sort of thing. Yeah. Personally, 
I feel that Demolitions, as much as I love it, it's kind of got a slower tempo to it, which kind of like... It's more looming. It's more looming, which Brooding. makes sense for, for what them. they were doing with them. Totally. However, as far as a theme that gets the crowd hyped up, a theme that's memorable, I actually would weirdly say that the Ultimate Warriors kind of like... There's just something better about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just a, it, to me, it feels like a different version of the demolition. Similar, thing. yeah. You know what I know I'm what saying? You mean. Like, I know it, what you mean. But there's, as much as I like the demolition, I feel that the demolition love might also be a musical bias problem, once again, where I have to, like, take right, that right. out of the equation. Where, like, as to me, demolition is like the greatest fucking thing that ever happened. But right. To certain people, they, they're going to, the ultimate warrior of course it's like right. it's like you know what i mean it's it's more frenetic i uh, maybe they're they like high high tempo music right. more so you know i think warriors you said it before it has an intangible that i can't quite articulate but there is something about that song yeah i mean it, it checks all the same boxes that demolitions does right i think the warriors is better i think i have to admit all right so I, and i i know um now it's against randy savage seen, i just want to say i've seen yeah. a lot of discussion on the boards about how is demolition not number one but i think that we've you know gone over why randy savage and steve austin edged out yeah and why we are where we are right now so just go back to those episodes yeah. and listen i just wanted to reiterate that as the last since this is the last time this we'll is the last one yeah. yeah now against randy savage i think warriors wins again <sighs> it's hard but yeah i mean so randy savage is again it's a it's a more raw emotion one again but like the warrior I don't know. The warrior is a time and a place. You know what I, I can say about the ultimate warrior too, which is interesting. It really puts me in my living room, watching those Coliseum videos for some reason. I, I when I hear it, I'm instantly transported back to that sitting on the floor. It's getting dark out. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I got a couple of snacks. Um, maybe it's before dinner. And right. I'm, I'm trying to squeeze in this Coliseum tape. What are you snacking on? probably cereal because i used to do that a lot as a kid <laughs> dry cereal dry cereal something like okay, that right. um it's fine and just watching the warrior kick some fucking ass right. um celebrating with him in the living room you know like <laughs> yeah there's something about that and randy savage when i think of randy savage on the other hand i think of hugging miss elizabeth and wrestlemania 7 and yeah, sure. th th that's the, the big part of his theme i i think about and with the warrior Maybe there's just more consistency with it or something. It's like it's just every time it's the same feeling. With Randy Savage, it's kind of like it changes how it is every time. Like, I And we, we, we gave that praise that it could be used oh, yeah. that way. But I think the Warriors' consistency is also it's its strength. I think part of it is with, with guys like Savage and Hogan and Demolition and stuff like that, I think those are great entrances. But with the Warrior, it's, a, it's an experience. Yeah. More and than also, it's just an entrance. I would say this too. It makes you want to go to see the matches if you're living back then. You're like, oh, I want to yeah. experience this in person. Yeah, right. Like, and you can't say that about a lot of themes. Like, to no. be honest with you, I want to go hear this, see him run out, see him do the arm thing, yeah. see him shake the ropes, <laughs> yep. see him kick some fucking ass in the ring and then celebrate with him afterwards as right. he's holding a belt up. And it's a consistent like manufactured experience that's <laughs> just it's it's exactly what you want out of a professional wrestler with that, that theme i think so i think it's it edges out savage i think it's between warrior and austin what are you thinking okay so austin austin's is another um this is why this is going to be hard this is, is the hardest one so yeah. steve austin's is another like fuck man like i want to i want to see him come out i want to it's the whole the same things i said about the ultimate warrior yep, right same thing it's 
just a different era. It's like to me, the Warrior is like the '80s Steve Austin yeah, theme. You know what I music. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just then it just comes down to which I era know, of music are you into? I'm um, like Warriors is in an odd way. It's like it's somehow more synthy than than Steve Austin's. <laughs> yes, it. Like not. It, it's not. But I'm just saying it's got it's got a couple of like '80s. Like I I can't describe it. It's got like an '80s feel uh, how rock was in the 80s like you know yeah sure well it was written and composed and recorded in the 80s right exactly Uh, austin's one strike is that they added lyrics to it and changed it around and fucked fucked around with it for no reason right which Um, i didn't like i understand but i actually (laughs) liked it so behind you yeah um living in psycho living in psycho speaking of psycho is the ultimate warrior he's a psycho he is i this is so hard because I could put either one at number one, honestly. Austin's Ultimate Warrior, it, all the raw motion, just with both the intensity. Like, they're both intense, right? Yes. Um, they both have a hook at the beginning. Yep. Like, the, the shattered glass yep. or the d-d-d-d-d, yep. like, you know. They both get you ready to see some ass being whooped. Yep. Um, they both represent just very strong Characters, very yeah. wild characters. Sure, because like, Austin was too. Yeah, I mean that was Austin, the, the rattlesnake. Right? He was out of control. He's uncontrollable, uh-huh. right? Uh, they're great for after a match and a post match type of thing. Austin right. with the Steve Weisers, you know, right. Warrior doing whatever the hell and Warrior again, does. Entrance wise, Austin with the coming through the glass, like at certain entrances, and right. But yeah. Warrior running out to fight Honky Tonk Man or whatever uh-huh. the case may be. <laughs> what do we do? I feel the one thing Austin's has is a more deliberate pace than the Ultimate Warriors. The Ultimate Warriors is like just straight, like you know, zero to sixty. Yeah, that's and the like, point, right? Steve Austin's is more like stompy. Yeah, it, it, it's stompy. <laughs> it it's, it's more anthemy. Like, yeah, it's a little more anthemic. I don't know. It's like it's slowness, but also intense. It's hard to say. Ugh, it's like da 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 da. You know, but I mean, like, I'm just trying to emphasize the like the march to it. We should record an album of verbal versions of these songs. (laughs) Um, I really could go either way, but that means that Austin should stay number one. I'm trying to think of something that puts Warrior above. I can't think of something specific right now. I honestly, personally feel this just comes down to, do you like 80s wrestling music or 90s wrestling? I'm not kidding. Well, I like 80s wrestling music more. I do too. Well, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. yeah. My point is, is that 90s. it just comes down to that. Like that, they're they're the same. Like other, you, you yeah. know what I mean? All the yeah. way through, other than their eras that they represent. And like, what's interesting is that this is one of those cases where they literally the music matches the time period. Like it's it's very much. It's weird, but it's true. Like Austin's like it's got this like alt rock feel to it. Kind it's of like yeah. weird bordering on new metal almost yeah. especially with a disturbed version but the ultimate warrior i think of like guns and roses yeah, or just some shit like or like cross leopard yeah. or something like <laughs> a little hair a little thrash a little yeah. bit of everything there i would like to put ultimate warrior number one what do you think are I'm you okay with, with you. it i'm with you okay i think it, i think this is i think this is one of those one and two are almost equal and it like you could there it, it's basically like any given Sunday kind of yeah, situation. like Warrior by a tassel today, yeah, though. Yeah. All right? This okay. Monday. Okay, so before we run those down, I have to go to the, the list here, and I have to tell you guys some things. Ah, yes. Who who didn't make the cut here? Well, in the immortal words of uh, Frank Costanza, 
I got a lot of problems with you people because how did Jive Soul Bro not get voted then? That's a travesty. Honky Tonk Man made it, but (laughs) Jive Soul Bro didn't make it? Jive Soul Bro is one of the best themes ever. Like, period. (laughs) Like, it's that good. And it, like, really didn't make it. It's all the way down there. That's that's upsetting. Uh, Also didn't make it, just some notable ones. DX's theme just missed it. that, That is weird. Especially with the NWO theme making it. Yeah, just yeah. missed it. Hollywood Blondes just missed it. Oh my god, I love that yep. theme. Like that yep. theme, again, another theme that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. Very good. Believe it or not, Sexy Boy missed a few votes from also <laughs> making the rankings. I've it's over saying, on the flush. Man, I wish that would have been <laughs> one of the greats of all time if it like somehow made both. Here's a good one that didn't make it. Bad Street USA. Uh yeah, iconic for a lot yes. of people. Um Great maybe theme. not much not maybe not for not the for, north. Not for the north, but a lot of people in the south, that's like to them, that's their Steve Austin. Yeah, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's their fucking ultimate warrior yep. game. Time to play the game. Got hmm. a lot of votes. I think Time to Play the Game is super he still uses it to this day. I know he modifies it with King he of has Kings a few or whatever. Others, yes. <laughs> my point is is that that is actually like a lot of people always like to say my time is so good, but actually Which like, it is. time to play the game is something that like grew on me over time to the point where I'm like, I really, really it's like this entrance song. I mean, it's got Lemmy. Yeah. Gotta love Lemmy. And a couple of more here. Cult of Personality. Very good. Got some votes. Very, but again, that's licensed music, but yep. like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Million Dollar Man's theme. Everybody's got a price. Razor Ramon's theme. I was, now that's one I was surprised didn't make it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cause a lot of people always bring that up. And, uh, Hulk Hogan's Hendrix theme, Voodoo Child. It's so got some votes. So good. Like that is to me the mo- one of the more arrogant heel themes I've ever it's great. seen. Like yeah. I, I never and that's one of those things you would never imagine them using in a heel mode. Right. It's, it's actually stunning that they used it as a heel. Like that's what's so interesting about it. it's like it's the reverse usage, and I right. think that's what makes it so cool. Right. I agree with like, you. It's you know? great perfectly done yeah uh so now folks our top 10 is finalized and again you can let us know yours you can do that on twitter at ovp podcast email us if you'd like or simply join the group but let's uh let's run them down here and a big congratulations to all of our contestants mm-hmm. at number one the greatest theme of all time it's the best the ultimate warrior number two stone cold steve austin by by a hair yeah I mean, by a tassel barely tassel, by a tassel. Number three, Randy Savage. Very good. Number four, The Demolition. Uh, uh, excellent. Right. Excellent that, show. That's our top yeah. four. Very good. Five, Hulk Hogan. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And six, Bret Hart. Very respectable. Yeah. Seven, The Undertaker. Taker. Sorry, uh, Sorry Creatures Creed. of the Night. They're going to come after us. <laughs> Number eight, Nick Flair. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number nine, uh, NWO, whatever. I like it. Uh, it's it's good. okay. And ten, Honky Talk Man. I cannot I, believe John <laughs> Soul Bro didn't make it. But... It's upsetting that Honky Talk somehow <gasps> squirmed his way onto the list bullshit but uh, <laughs> like he does with everything <laughs> i know thank you guys for voting be sure to vote for uh, next season's rankings to make sure if you want to be a part of it you can do that but quinn when we come back i know you're looking forward to this we are doing part two of our little series so here. excited uh, so we, excited we have had a brawl to end it all but now we need a war and it's got to settle that score that'll be coming up right after this Reaper himself starving to get his hands on my warrior soul to keep me from hearing the battle cries of the warriors in the WWE universe to experience WWE 2K14. Pay attention. 
never before have so many superstars stepped up to challenge our throne. And if you pre-order WWE 2K14, you can engage the battle as the ultimate warrior. That power, this intensity, your belief, our destiny, all of it together created the one and only ultimate warrior. All of us, the freaks, who did in our time what will live forever. And now, back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here, guys, as we close out the year for episode number 159. 159! Thank you, Quinn. Uh, Quinn, we have friends of the show that do podcasts. We do. Yeah, they're not Conrad. They're not. He's fine. Let him do his thing. But He's friends of ours. He doesn't know the name of our show, but (laughs) he's friends of ours. OPP Podcast. Yeah, whatever he said that That time. That was funny. Anyway, check out these friends of the show because they do good shows, too. They're not the same type of show as us, but they're independent wrestling podcasters scrapping along that indie podcasting circuit, if you will. Let's start with a wrestling podcast about nothing. It's hosted now by three guys, one of which, the main guy, is an independent wrestling referee that is definitely retired. The most retired ref I've ever met. He won't admit it, but he's retired from refereeing. I mean, he's so retired that I sat with him at a wrestling show and, like, watched. He wasn't even in the ring. He was just, like, sitting next to me. Yeah, it's real. And his name is Mean Mike Crockett. He's joined by two guys, two Bryans. One of them is Brian Fury, and the other one is the ROH's own, the Brawler. Brian Malonis. Uh, the Wine City Whaler. Yes, that's right. The Wine one City day, Whaler. One day that will be his name. His partner, of course, is the Beer City Bruiser and the Bouncers. Anyway, these guys, these guys do a great show because not only do you get some insight as to the inner workings of the business and sometimes their experiences and some nice analysis, they've all worked in the wrestling business, but they were also fans of wrestling, much like we were and many of you were growing up. Mm-hmm. So you get that end of it as well. Nice, fun show. The Wrestling Podcast about nothing. WPAN. Check that out. Also check out a one-man show. So we're going from three guys to one guy. What a reduction. What a reduction. But you don't need more than one guy. No, oh, we're, no. We're talking about the critically acclaimed, <laughs> award-winning, potty, potty award-winning greetings from Allentown, starring really, Peter Winston. Really incredible um, talent. You know, the Oscars are coming up, and yeah. I'm sure... Oh, he's going to win one. You know, the Oscars, they're coming up. The you know, Oscars. like in four months, but <laughs> like they're coming. And, and Pete Winston may be the, the best podcast of the year oh, on yeah, film definitely. or something. On I film. Yeah. On film. Check out Petey Winston, though, because he'll take an old episode of some wrestling show, WWF, maybe not, maybe WCW, maybe something else in the territories, and he'll review that. But as he's reviewing it, he just talks about other things, and it's a lot better than I can make it sound. But check it out, because you get a lot of anecdotes. and What a plug, right? You yeah. get a lot of anecdotes and insides and, and just funny quips and things like that. Do you even need a plug when you're the, the Grammy no. Award-winning? Yeah. <laughs> Grammy, no. Yeah. So maybe a Tony. Yeah, a Tony award wing. I mean, th- those are the plots. So check out Greetings from Allentown. Very good show. And then if you like your retro wrestling slothered in barbecue sauce. Slothered. Slothered. With grits. Yes. And coleslaw. Cheesy grits. Yeah, cheesy grits. Check out the grittiest of the Southern Wrestling Podcasts out there. We're talking about booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. These guys bring you, they, as only they can, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, uh, the insight and analysis and just crude humor uh, regarding Smoky Mountain Wrestling and the NWA. It is booking the territory, our Southern Fried Brethren. So again, our three friends of the show, the wrestling podcast about nothing, greetings from Allentown, and booking the territory. Now, Quinn, 
the moment we've been waiting for. Yes, especially you. Uh, yeah. Two weeks ago, this was this is all Quinn's master plan here. This is my this is it's all coming <laughs> to fruition. <laughs> two weeks ago, folks, on episode number one fifty eight, we reviewed July of nineteen eighty four's Brawl to end it all. If you haven't heard that, you can check it out. As Conrad would say in the archives, episode one fifty eight. Episode one fifty eight. Okay. Now the Brawl to end it all was July of eighty four, and it was aired on MTV as part of a larger normal MSG house show that just aired straight on the MSG network, but MTV picked up one match from it, which was the women's champion Fabulous Moolah, represented by Lou Albano, mm-hmm. taking on Wendy Richter, yes. represented by Cindy Lauper. And the feud was between Lauper and Albano, stemming from how Albano was in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video. He take credit for like everything. Take we'll credit get, for her they'll, career. They'll we'll recap more of it. that later, right. like more anecdotes from that, right. which is what's so interesting about this show. But, right, it ties together. Yeah. And it was great. It was a huge exposure for the WWF, and it was nice for MTV as well. And they had a nice little relationship going here. It was really the start of the rock and wrestling connection that either some people really love or some purists really hate. And that's fine. You don't have to like it. But we do. So It's great. <laughs> we like I, it. I love it. I love the connection. So as we uh, head in now to 1985... Some things have gone on in the WWF. Uh, notably, in December of 84, I just want to mention this. They don't really say it on this special we watch. Leilani Kai won the women's title. Right. From Wendy Richter. That's they, not they really don't touched mention upon. That no. At all. But that is one of the things that happened is Leilani Kai defeated uh, Wendy Richter for the women's title. I guess that women's title, they just, they just threw it to the curb. They're like, remember, it was like, it After was like some kind of like feminism <laughs> yeah. and the triumph of, right. of Earth or something. I don't know. <laughs> Politics or whatever After happened. After all of the hot air that was blown around at the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the brawl to end it all. No, they don't even mention that here. But that did happen. <clears throat> and meanwhile, Roddy Piper is still a giant asshole. Right. So he's been an asshole since he came but to it, WWF. It, there's been escalating assholery yeah. since since that. Yeah, the assholeness is off the charts. So yeah. we'll have more of that being recapped. But what I wanted to mention here, this is uh, from February of 1985. What I wanted to do for you, just to give you a full context, is here's what's going on in general in the WWF. Here's the full MSG card of which there are 11 matches. The final match is the one that MTV picked up for gotcha. this special. Uh, it should be the final match. Yes. I mean, it's been there's no way to follow months. this. Yeah. yeah. So here's what we had on the card. Uh, in the opener, Moondog spot. <laughs> of course. He's always there. <laughs> he wrestled Rick McGraw to a 15-minute time limit draw. That sounds like two dogs fighting, actually. Rick McGraw. <laughs> he sounds like the detective McGruff. dog. You know what? McGraw. McGraw, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about this one? Johnny Rods. What? Defeated. Huh? Jose Luis Rivera. What? Mac Rivera. That's Wait, right. they fought? Yes. On MS. Yes. In 85. This is a hot show, folks. Wait, Johnny Ross <laughs> just sent his protege packing, huh? <laughs> Hillbilly Jim, hi folks, bleepers, yeah. defeated Rene Goulet. Rest in peace, Rene Goulet. Uh-huh. Like Lonnie Kai defended the, uh, no, uh, sorry, did she win the title oh, here? she Excuse won me, the that title That wasn't here. December of 84. Like Lonnie Kai defeated Wendy Richter to win the title here. Excuse me. Good thing they didn't show that. That would have really... <laughs> that would have ruined the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. David San Martino... Oh, this. ...defeated Moondog Rex. You won't be happy about this one, Quinn. What? Nikolai Volkov defeated Sweet Hansen. <gasps> yes. No! Yeah. Wait, all oh, Sweet. He's still around. <laughs> yeah, somehow in 85. He should be. They should have kept him to, like, forever. He's like, so he's, good. He's the best. <laughs> he's he's so like, good. one of the more underrated people ever. Uh, Jimmy Schnucka defeated Bob Orn. Bob Orvin. Bob Orvin. Yeah. Uh, Paul Orndorff defeated 
Tony Atlas. Yeah. That's actually interesting that Bob Orvin wrestled because of like something that happened. They mentioned yes. later in this. So, Bob or- I love that you call him Bob Orvin because well, of Joan it. Rivers. Yeah, because of Joan Rivers. <laughs> WrestleMania too. Ace comedian and funny man, <laughs> yeah, Bob Orvin. Bob Orvin. The U.S. Express, Rotunda and Wyndham, the tag team champions, right. defeated the spoiler, that's Don Dorgene, the actual spoiler. Oh, look, a jobber match. And the assassin. Yeah, jobber match. Yeah, jobber match. And Don Morocco defeated. this far up the card, eh? Yep. You want to know who he defeated? Jimmy Snuka? Sal Bolomo. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll bring us to the main event, which we'll cover in a second here. It's so funny how those 82 and 83 reviews have really, like, we understand what's going on (laughs) on this card a little bit better. A little more context. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, we gave a brief history and synopsis of MTV in episode number 158 if you want to check it out but needless to say MTV was a big deal by 1985 right. it was catching on again listen back to the last episode we do the whole background yeah. you know when the moon guy landed and he put the MTV <laughs> the flag buggles. yeah buggles played and <laughs> boom history has been made history has already been made so I think they play like Pat Benatar in the second yeah, video but not the, not the dancey video like something else oh different Pat like, Benatar yeah. one where she like dance fights or whatever dance fighting yeah uh, so anyway if you want more dance fighting watch AEW. So let's go to MTV and the WWF cooperating again for the war to settle the score February the 18th well, 1985. I'm excited for the return to the wonderful world <laughs> of MTV and part two of our little series here. Yep. Right? Like I said, like this I was am, your master plan. I'm very excited. Um, here we go. We can complete the duology here. Here we go. The duology continues as a non-mulleted but very festively sweatered Alan Hunter, noted wrestling fan yeah, Alan noted, Hunter. Oh, he's noted wrestling. I will say that anytime I see him for the history of life. Now, you notice he welcomes us here, but he doesn't have a mullet, Quinn. Yeah, so this is apparently a re-airing of this famous war to right. settle the score. Right, and right. It, it says something on the corner of the screen, like MTV reunion special. Yeah. I think it's like 94 or something. Is that when they ran this? I think maybe it's like the 10th year anniversary of MTV. Maybe they did this. I don't know what it That's was. That's what it seems like. Okay, it, that makes sense. Or maybe they did this was from like 92 then or 80, it looks, or 91. It, it looks late 80s still to me. I don't know. It's, maybe it's 91. Maybe it's the 10th year anniversary because 81. Yeah, and maybe. they were re- they were showing. Oh, here's some of like the best stuff that happened in the last right. ten years. And for the record, folks, this is not on the WWE Network. Uh, the full MSG card was for a little bit. They took it down after a day. Uh, but we do have it. If you need a copy of it, perhaps I can procure I, and, it for you. And let's just take a second now, time out here to explain how is this not like something that the W. This is maybe I'm spoiling, but this is like one of the best things the WWE. So like funny. this is such a signature thing. That the WWF did to become what it was. I'm surprised it's not emphasized more in their canon, especially since it's right here, right before WrestleMania. This is like why WrestleMania happened. Like, this was a like, huge part like, of it. Yeah, this puts so much more context on WrestleMania 1. Right. Not only that, it's like these two specials are literally what like catapulted them, like springboarded yeah. them really? into like mainstream consciousness yes. and the fact that they are not available in any form is just wild to me right. on the network like i agree it, they need to figure out like i'm assuming it's because they were a co-production with mtv probably so they need permission but they need to like either like buy their share that they, they miss <laughs> the, the other 50 percent right, right. or something because like this is like essential to their history i really think it should yeah. be yeah it yeah. should be considered essential viewing uh, if you're a fan of this stuff so anyway alan hunter says that wrestling was never his cup of tea until cindy lopper got involved i gotta tell you wrestling was never like my cup of tea until cindy lopper decided to join forces with the wwf hulk hogan and all of that combating the forces of evil yeah he basically like i never gave a 
fuck about <laughs> the WF until like the Cindy Lauper shit. Like yeah. that's basically like it's, let's just say that he said that. That's his sentiments, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we now throw to Roddy Piper who's out of his damn mind, ranting about how tonight is the night he's going to become the champion and all of that. More Piper tits! Ah, I got more Piper tits! Tonight is the night! Tonight is the night that I'm fighting Hogan! He's also eating paper, so, you know, normal shit for Roddy Piper. <laughs> he also tells Hulk Hogan to send his girlfriend on over. Linda? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Probably, right? Yeah. I think they were together by then. Yeah, no, they, they got together, like, right when he, like, made it big. Yeah. And, like, he got married, like, on, like a year into his front. Is that how early it was? I think that's, yeah. like, it's, like, really early. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They were in a long time. Uh, we now cut to an extreme close-up of Hulk Hogan's face, who says he's lost it. He's over the edge. He's out of control, and he's going to ask all the Stark Raven Hulkamaniacs how long they want him to torture Piper for. What a great face. <laughs> how long do you want Piper tortured? How long do you want me to beat the man? The judgment's up to yours. I am out of control. I am not responsible. I'm going to kill him, basically. Yeah, basically. It's like, yeah, go, Hulk. It's like, <laughs> it's like what? But I love 85 Hogan, though. No. I really do. No, he's, he's not, so much fun. I, I'm joking. He's not like that offensive no, or anything. It's he's just funny. Great. Yeah, he's good. We get an awesome intro now by MTV, which is very much a precursor to the Saturday Night's Main Event yeah, intro. Yeah, I, I love how strange the production is, too. The it's logo. Like, it's just, it's weird, but it's also, like, it's got the, the beginnings, right? Like, yeah. The font almost looks the same. As right? Saturday Night's Main yeah, Event? Yeah. yeah, and the red, white, and blue yeah. coloring and everything. So we're hosted now by Mean Gene and Alan Hunter, who has a mullet again, of course. Good, so all good is for right. him. Yeah. Also, they're in this lovely studio. For some reason, there's, like, a credenza, <laughs> and behind them is, like, a couple of dandelions in, like, a super slim vase. <laughs> And because why not? They have the War to Settle the Score logo and the MTV logo and the WF <laughs> logo. It's like pasted onto a fake wall. Yeah. Like it's like you know what? Put it. Just everyone gets their props yeah, here. There's like, so much shit in the background. Yeah, there's so much shit. The, the, the dandelion. The dandelion. Like four dandelions in a vase. <laughs> like why? Alan Hunter says that tonight's match has social, political, and artistic implications. Political. What yeah. is Mikhail Gorbachev involved? Well, maybe it's the, one of those guests. Later <laughs> yeah, on. maybe we'll yeah. find out. He calls Mean Gene the finest journalist in professional <laughs> wrestling as Mean Gene seriously and somberly talks about how shitty Roddy Piper is for hitting Cindy Lauper. And they're sitting in director's chairs because I guess that makes them feel important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. the greatest journalist ever live or whatever. And Alan Hunter, noted Alan wrestling Hunter. fan. Noted wrestling fan. Yeah. So they play up Hogan's uh, intuition and his innovations in wrestling science. Yeah, Gene acts like... <laughs> so you know what's amazing about that line is that Gene literally says something like it's like a new thing like yeah. it's it's new a new innovation in wrestling science intuition intuition yeah it's yeah. like it, it just so nobody had any intuition no, or anything no. before that that back rake was a real breakthrough yeah. for yeah. Hogan. it's crazy <laughs> gene's just like insane here quinn yeah he's blatantly biased in this one but yeah. like he's such a great journalist yeah. like that, so yeah. i'm biased in the same breath like they say this yeah. i'm not kidding i'm biased in this yeah. one what a great yeah. journalist yeah. was he Meltzer? uh gene recaps how this whole thing started with Captain Lou, Cindy Lauper, like we were saying, we see clips of Albano fatting around on Piper's pit, saying he's actually the reason for Cindy Lauper's success. Yeah. I made her a superstar! Then later on, Cindy's on Piper's pit saying, no, Lou's not my manager. He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> so then Albano comes in, all greasy. He calls her slime. And then she hilariously yells, what? And flips over a table before punching Albano. Joe, that, what? <laughs> it, it's so amazing. It needs to be on, like, the soundboard going okay. forward. She's like, what? How <laughs> all women are nothing, Cindy. That's slime. What? She's so good here. Cindy Lauper <laughs> is so underrated. Like, I... <laughs> She, it's amazing that after, like, 
her career kind of like wasn't as big anymore in singing. It's amazing that she didn't like just take up this wrestling thing because she's like just a natural she's at it. She's such she, a personality, yeah, right? She's perfect. She's like, likable. She's yeah, spunky. Yeah, I just love her. <laughs> she's like, so good. I, she just totally belongs. Yeah. And, and the accent. Joe. Yeah, I, I love her accent. I can't get over the accent, how it's like, it's so sincere. Yes. Her accent. Like, yes. it's not, it's not like a put on and you can just tell because I met people like yeah. that in my life. He's not my manager. Yeah. <laughs> Kata, can you give me a ride, Kata? And like, <laughs> yeah, the, the like, the over trying to like, if somebody's talking, like the, the classic like, Long Island, like, no, 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 like while they're like saying it, like <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Like, yeah. it's like, it's just that, that way of, you're not being rude. It's just the way they, it's just the way you are from Long Island, like yeah. talk. Like, That's yeah. all it is. Uh, now we cut to a shirtless Albano who's ranting about Lopper. This was amazing. Can I just note that he's like, got like crumbs all over his like shirtless body and shit? Yeah. Like ranting, shirtless, reclining. Pay attention! You're a liar! You're a sneak! You're a cheat! You're a disgrace! He's drinking a beer from like a goblet. Yeah. And it's like this weird like side close up. It's like so close that you can see like the hairs on Ugh. his chest and like the crumbs, the crumbs in it. Crumbs in the goblet. So fucking disgusting. It's great. Then we cut the Lopper challenging him. Uh, this was, of course, the the previous July. Yeah. Uh, so we get a training montage now with Lopper and Richter, and then we get Albano now and Mula's montage. Now this, I wanted to say that this fills in a lot of the gaps in yeah. the last thing. Like this explains like why. Like I remember Gene like like slightly saying something about putting on pounds, Moolah, and I yeah, we yeah. just thought he was just being funny. But there's that was actually like the story. Yes, like, Albano's training her, right? right? So we see her eating a large foot long, which is not an image I ever wanted in front of my eyes. Yeah, Mula and Lou <laughs> side by side, on ba- backed against a fucking shitty car in <laughs> yeah. the middle of like New York City, yeah. <laughs> like in like the dumpy, like the Bronx or yeah. something, like <laughs> eating heroes. <laughs> yeah, eating heroes together, like it's disgusting. Gene mentions a uh, virgin goat's milk. <laughs> yeah, I love basically loose training is to get people fat because he's fat. Yeah. Like that's like literally like that's his. Uh, well, I'm in good shape. Yeah, like, a- that's, like, you know what I mean. Like it's like that's like what they imply is like Lou sees himself as like a pure athlete. Right. So like if everyone has to be just as fat as he is, yeah, and he's always feels so good, so proud. Yeah, right. Uh, so we virgin see- <laughs> goat's milk. I can't even believe it's that amazing. was just like thrown in there. Gene's it's like funny. a diet of of heroes and virgins. Uh, goat. Virgins goat milk. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we see clips of the brawl to settle it all from July, uh, where Gene says it actually did settle it all. So we go back to Alan Hockey Hair over here, mm-hmm. who says that Albano actually made. A public apology to Lopper. So Mean Gene C-SPAN says that uh, he hasn't been so shocked about a reconciliation since Hitler made up with Stalin in 1939. What a ridiculous reference, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's it's such an, like, and you know what's really funny? Sure, that in. It, it, you know what's really funny about that reference? That's just referencing the time that, like, Hitler and Stalin made a slight alliance, which Hitler eventually, like, fucked Fuck him up. over. Yeah. Like, just only, like, a year or two later. Well, dictators are known to not be very loyal. It's just funny that he's referencing that, that <laughs> yeah, makeup. Like, it's just really weird. Of all things. Yeah. We then cut to the office of Dr. Wayne Winnick, the chiropractor to the stars. Apparently, he's still practicing. Check him out. Yeah. He I has wanna, a website. I want to note something here. It's yes. like, when, they, when they're, like, clipping to this, like, they show, like, a hospital, right? Yeah. And then they, like, because we're now supposed, like, yeah, this is so stupid. But because now we're supposed to like feel bad because they're explaining why Lou is a heel yes. and it's medical related. Yes. <laughs> because they're explaining that they like they slightly play time after time Very because it's slightly. like because it's like sadder. I'm not kidding. They like it that like subtle like to make us like oh, oh he was he was a bad guy because he he couldn't help himself yeah. or something. Right, that's right. Doctor Wayne Winnicure uh, explains that Albano's behavior was due to a rather massive calcification of medulla oblongata. Rather massive. 
calcification of the Vedula Ambagata is quite evident when comparing that of a normal human skull with the recent x-ray of Captain Lou Albanos. And then we see Albano getting his shock treatment. As, <laughs> this is real. As Gene mentions that he got this treatment every day, and it was so effective that it helped him and Cindy Lauper raise $4 million for multiple sclerosis. I love the only reason he was a heel because of this. And now that he has the treatment, he's been a face for four months with no heel relapses. <laughs> Literally, this is the best face turn of all right? time. Like, that they explained it with, like, medical. Like, it's like, like, that, like, basically his head was fat. I'm not kidding. Like, that's what they said. Like, it's like the, that they described it medical oblong or whatever. Medical it was oblong, essentially yeah. all they were saying was is he had a fat head he and it a, made him heal. So he needed some shock treatment. Now he's fine no relapses and it uh, helped them raise four million dollars somehow for ms then on december the 28th at msg wendy and hulk hogan were joined in the ring by cindy can i note here there's yeah. really something stupid that they say they say they mention that this is for the fucking like raising the ms money yeah but if you notice they're holding like a silver gold yeah, record it, and it's not that. it's different it's yeah. just for cindy being there right yeah that's all it is uh so also in the ring is a large and i mean large <laughs> and in charge jack tubby he's there and the master of ceremonies is none other than america's youngest teenager dick clark what is, this is amazing the like amount of celebrity right? like this is like a mainstream like dick clark is like that's a big deal that's not like just some little thing like i i just it's amazing that it's just on the side right wasn't american bandstand band still on first yeah, of all and also the the, the, the rankings every every week on the radio the radio uh yeah the New Year I special. Clark was on everything back. He was like the Ryan Seacrest of his time. In he fact, was. Ryan Seacrest inherited his uh-huh. like empire. Like and, that's not even a joke. Yeah, and didn't he host some game shows around this time too? Dick oh Clark? yeah, ten thousand dollar pyramid. pyramid. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So anyway, Dick presents us Cindy with a special achievement award. Like we were saying, it's not about the MS. It's just right. about like being here or they something. They just say it is. Yeah. Like, it's just really stupid. <laughs> and that trophy may be the one that Andre was given uh-huh. when three years was a long time. Well, there's also a record, too. Isn't yes, there? a framed there's, record. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And a trophy. Oh, also David Wolf was there, well, of course. he's always there. My, my, my favorite part also is that they're all like fancy dressed. Yes. Like, well, the Cindy version of being fancy. And then Wendy Richter's there. Yep. Like, also like, I learned how to dress or whatever. Like, so like, she's dressed. <laughs> up and wolf is in like full tuxedo yep. and so is lou yeah and so is lou yeah cut to cindy now introducing a tuxedo lou albano like we said he is all happy until roddy piper storms into the ring and he takes credit for the rock and wrestling connection even though it was me that set this up and it was me that started it i want to present you with this also, he's in his underpants as a juxtaposition, like yes. just the blue like underpants. All sweaty. Yeah, all sweaty and gross. <laughs> so Piper smashes Albano with the framed record and then beats up everyone in sight, including Cindy Lauper. And the crowd is legitimately shocked. Oh, they're pissed, like they're like, yeah. how dare he hit a woman? Right. Like it, if it, it, I, they, I guess if he had hit Wendy Richter, it would have been okay. But she's like, a wrestler. She's a wrestler. But he hits Cindy Lauper. Don't do that. Yeah. Then he power slams David Wolf, which Gorilla calls a pile driver. <laughs> like, <laughs> leave it to Gorilla to call the wrong move during a beatdown. By yeah. the way, <laughs> oh, he pile drived him. So ridiculous, <laughs> Come on, Gorilla. Anyway, Piper stomps Albano until Hogan finally hits the ring to clean some now, house here. Can I note something here? And we yes. didn't mention it before, but Hogan was like with them. Like they yeah, showed, briefly, and then he they, left. I think. Yeah, and then like he's gone. And did they like fuck up? And then they like sent him away so that he could like make the same. I'm not kidding. Yeah, like, I think he came out, and then they cut, and then yeah, he was already gone. It's so weird. I gotta say, Jack Tunney literally just stood. The president <laughs> stood around stupidly the whole time. Yeah, he was just yeah. fatting around. Like, ah, never fucking get uh, or Toronto or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> anyway, Piper and Orton happily leave now as we cut back to Alan Hunter, who says, 
an evening of triumph turned to tragedy. What a huge fucking scene. I, By the way, I love all the follow-up to this. This oh, is God. really, really funny. So we cut to Gene now from that night backstage where David Wolf is laid out on a stretcher in the locker room as Lopper and Richter are very concerned. Concern being expressed by Cindy Lopper, World Wrestling Federation Ladies Champion, Wendy Richter. And they play it like 100% straight, yeah. which I must give credit for these celebrities who aren't part of wrestling. Yeah. They act like this shit is real. Yeah, yeah. a whopper is yeah. awesome here. And so is yeah. Wolf. Yeah. Then like Dr. Scholl or Dr. Pepper, someone arrives on the scene to check. <laughs> Gene decides for no reason to interview the fucking video director. <laughs> this is so dumb. Ed Grills. And Grillis. put his name on the screen. <laughs> Ed Grillis? Like, yeah. Who? <laughs> He says that was that was atrocious. And that I, whole again, thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, really. Who the hell is this? Watching this is is just atrocious. Wolf is alive now, and he's really pissed that Piper ruined Cindy Lauper's special night. We now interview now. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Cindy Lauper's mom, Katrine Dominique, who says this whole thing was awful. <laughs> this whole thing's awful, Mister Chef. Yeah, basically, like, it's, it's basically <laughs> that it was awful. I couldn't even believe what I saw with my eyes. Now, I must know, I've been watching Cindy Lauper videos in preparation for this. You know, her mom stars in every single video it's as, as her mom. I never knew Like, that. I'm not joking. Now, Albano's so she's like dad. a known character. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Albano calmly says now, Piper's going to pay. And then Lauper's like, every dog has its day. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> every dog has its day. You know what I'm talking about? I it's, love her she's accent. She's the best. So cute. The fact that they, I still like that they brought in her mom. It's so amazing. <laughs> this is awful. This is awful. It's the worst thing I've ever seen, <laughs> Mr. Sheffield. Mr. Sheffield. Now we see Dick Clark in his fancy pants office there from his empire. He refuses to shit talk. You know, he's <laughs> a nice guy. It's like I'm above hate. Or I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to do what they do in the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. But I have a feeling Piper's going to get his. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Heenan now chimes I in to say. Bobby, Bobby just like interjects here for no reason. <laughs> he's basically like, all the faces suck and I condone everything Piper did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course uh, he uh, does. Bob, that's almost Bobby the brain <laughs> <Right>? reaction. <laughs> like, who even, why do they care what he thinks? Because yeah, he's just there. They yeah. ask other wrestlers. Yeah, Maybe they true. just are like, why not? Yeah. Paul Orndorff says he's very proud of Piper and that Lauper has nothing to do with wrestling, so she deserved to get her ass beat. Cindy Lauper has nothing to do with professional wrestling. May I just mention that Alan Hunter during that interview was wearing a banana rama sweatshirt during this interview? The eighties ness is like startling. I know, like it's it's incredible. Banana rama, yeah, it's it's so amazing. Hey, let's see what Doctor D. David Schultz says. <laughs> well, why what? would you ever ask him? Like, he's you know, he's going to say something inappropriate. That's the night that he slapped Stossel. I think too was that same. Like... <laughs> because of course it's all connected. <laughs> so he says uh, that that big fat guy shouldn't have been running his mouth in the first place, and Cindy Lauper ought to be home cooking meals. And waiting on some man somewhere. There, there you go. Just on cue, says something inappropriate. Yeah, of course. Cindy Lop ought to be home cooking meals or waiting on some man somewhere instead of out here painting herself up, acting like some goof on the stage. That's my opinion of you, Cindy Lopper. And now a final shirted Roddy Piper cracks up a ton of people behind him. Like I don't know where he is. Yeah, he's just like in, he's like <laughs> in with the streets. The, no, it's like in the like lobby of the arena or something. Of, like yeah, the right. garden. I'm not yeah. even kidding. He's like standing around like talking shit. And he rants about like Lopper asked him out while she had beer on her breath and all this stuff. Yeah, I love him, especially being in that lumberjack shirt talking <laughs> shit like with the common fans yeah. and like where they like concessions or something. And they're all like cracking up behind yeah, him. Yeah, because he's just making jokes. Yeah, like, it's funny. amazing. And you're going in there bringing rock and roll in all this scuzz bag. I'm Cindy. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm talking to Cindy Lauper. I'm going over there. Hello, darling. No, I won't have a date with you. I'm sorry you have beer on your breath. Back to Alan and Gene now, where Alan asks how 
men with such attitudes are even allowed to wrestle. Gene says, well, it's because the WWF res- respects <laughs> I, free speech. First Amendment. Not if you're Nikolai Volkov, apparently. Well, be- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And we'll hear from him later. Yeah, it's true. Now we, cl- <laughs> we cut to Gloria Steinem. What? <laughs> you know, the feminist activist who says uh, Piper isn't fit to wear a skirt. Why her? Also <laughs> noted wrestling fan, yeah. I guess, also. I- Gloria Steinem. The people they pull in, folks, are amazing. What's amazing is these are real people. Like, that. these yes. are not, like, not throwaway yeah. celebrities. Right, like, right. Gloria Steinem is, like, a political yeah. activist. Yes. Like, one of the biggest of her time. Yes. Notable. The feminist yes. revolution. Correct. Like, this isn't just anybody. Right. Like, it's amazing. Next, uh, noted wordsmith Jimmy Snuka says a piper doesn't have any class. Brother, I don't think you have any class at all. <laughs> can, I, can I just, by the way, yes. just, do you like the juxtaposition of yep. like, Gloria Steinman and then Jimmy Snuka, yep. who is like an idiot? Yeah. Like, it's like. And a murderer. Yeah. Uh, Bruno Sammartino now angrily butts in to say, Piper has a disgraced profession, you slop. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> you slop. Literally, like, that is the most Bruno react. <laughs> Suplexa. Like, you yelling know. at the camera. <laughs> you slime! <laughs> like, it's just, it's like the same thing. <laughs> you piece of slime, you! Piper, for the disgrace, the way you've disgraced my profession, you slop, I swear to you, you're gonna pay. That's a promise. And now we have Patty Smythe from Again, Scandal. What? <laughs> Why the mixing of these people is like so bizarre. She calls Piper a rat bag. Roddy, you're a rat bag. Then, uh, <laughs> Ted Nugent comes in to say, and what the fuck, Ted Nugent? He'll kill Piper, essentially. So don't mess with the rock and rolls, but we'll snuff you out under my thumb. It's you, Rod. What are these appearances? How do they get all these people? Like, this is more celebrities than even like WrestleMania 2 or like even now. Even now when they're at the like height of mainstream, they cannot even like attain this amount of celebrity involvement. This is insane. Well, we cut to we cut to D Snyder. What the fuck? He's pissed off about all of this too. And he's not going to take That's it. right. Yeah. You're a real big man, aren't you, when it comes to girls and little guys? Real big man. Well, listen, Piper, rock and roll's going to get you, man, and you are going down. Geraldine Ferraro challenges Piper to a fight like a man. What is this shit now? Like, politics actually involved. Alan Hunter hinted. I didn't think he was. Yeah, I didn't I think he was, he was serious, shit, right? But then, like, vice presidential candidate over here, yeah. Geraldine Ferraro, gets involved. She, she had run with Mondale, right? Yeah, in 84. She lost. She lost. Yeah. Clear, well, Re- lost. Didn't Reagan, like, win that by a landslide? Yeah, he did. He did. Reagan Revolution, blah, blah, blah. Didn't he say, Where's the beef? And then he won or something? Maybe. Isn't Maybe that what happened? Somehow Claire Peller was involved. I don't know. Now? Do I say it now? Yeah. Maybe that's why she, the victors, appeared at WrestleMania too. Like, <laughs> well, G. Gordon Liddy was there too. Like so maybe Geraldine was lined up to do that spot with the mic wave at WrestleMania too, but instead it just ended up being "Where's the beef?" because they won the election. <laughs> now we get more from the Hulk, and he's upset that Piper scared Dick Clark half to death, which he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, remember that happening. Hogan just makes shit up. Yeah, uh, Hogan can't wait though to get his chance to kick Piper's ass. So now we get a clip of Gene and Piper, where Roddy offered a contract to Hogan, waves the paper, says to put the title on the line and Hogan's response is like okay hell yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, basically. It's, like, it's like the same thing it's like on Piper's it looks like Wrestlemania 3 like, I'm not even kidding essentially it's like, except it's now it's just Piper versus Hogan That's straight it. up so now on Piper's pit February the 5th 85 
Hogwarts says, hey, would I take the bell? Why don't you summon your girlfriend at the same time? Maura's girlfriend <laughs> yep. says, I'm going to take Linda, basically. Yep. And I love the scene of people on Piper's Pit here. You have- There's a lot of people yes. there. Piper's there. Hogan, who's wearing his Hulkamania yellow tank top, but khakis. <laughs> the khakis. With a belt. The khakis with his normal top attire. <laughs> it's so it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Bob Orne, of course, is there. Yep. David Wolf is there. Pat Patterson. Arnold Scullin. Some balding guy. It's got everybody. <laughs> also, uh, Piper's in his formal wear where he's wearing the kilt with the coat on. Oh, with a coat. Yes. Yeah. He does have the a coat. one from that weird, like, rock and wrestling, like, cartoon special. Oh, on CBS yeah, yeah, or whatever. That we reviewed. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, Piper rants and rants as Hogan just calmly signs the contract before throwing it at him. Back to Alan Hunter, who says that he sees the potential for a new Woodstock tonight. What? What is he talking that, about? That should get the Cindy Lauper what? What does he mean? I don't know. Woodstock. He's, like, comparing Hogan that he's, like, a, like, fucking, like, this big thing of a generation or something. Like, it's, like, Woodstock all over again. But all they did was, like, do they, drugs and they play, sat in a field play, yeah, just, in upstate New York get dirty and stuff and have sex oh, it was a revolution job I guess so uh, he also says Alan Hunter does that it could also be so ugly or violent <laughs> that, that, this is a real quote that people won't want to listen to music for years I don't think the wrestling is gonna like influence so. the music like, what is he t- you can tell Alan he, Hunter hates wrestling yeah, he hates it, doing he, this oh, he hates it but he like sarcastically like makes it sound like it's a bigger deal yeah. to the point where he's so sarcastic that I'm wondering if like people in the Midwest it's like not as sarcastic over there like it just isn't right like that's like a Northeast thing the sarcasm it's not coming through to me even as like a Northeast viewer you know what I mean like it sounds like he's fucking serious we hope you folks in des moines iowa are not offended I'm but not if you have any to... care send them up michael quinn ogden utah ogden utah yeah my my midwest address no i know what you're saying though. but you know what i mean yes. like he's playing it so straight that the sarcasm isn't coming through very well it's subtle yeah yeah so now we get another interview with noted moralist roddy piper who says that rock and roll isn't good you know it isn't good for the family situation he thinks what mtv is doing is doing just stinks. <laughs> I love that he straight up says stinks. And he thinks that, you know, all these rock musicians think they're all good, making tons of money because a bunch of stupid kids listen to him. It is not good for the family situation. It is not good for America. It is not, and I don't really give a darn about America. I'm talking about my kids, and I'm talking sincere. I think it stinks. The whole thing is incredible and hilarious. Yeah, like, it is. Piper's rantings during this are amazing. They're like, some of his best work. It's so good. Yeah. But now we cut back to D. Snyder <laughs> to respond. <laughs> yep. yeah. Who says that Piper is the worst thing to happen to the kids <laughs> in the audience. You want to talk about corruption? You are the worst thing that could have ever happened to the kids in the United States. Cut to Piper again, who asked the rock stars, how would you like to put your little baby in Duran Duran's lap? How would you like to put your little baby down in Duran Duran's lap? And then Andy Taylor from Duran Duran. It's amazing. Like, they come to, like, Duran Duran responds to his comments. And he's like, at least I don't wear a skirt. But at least I don't wear a skirt. I I love the whole point is basically, like, fuck your skirt, by the way. Like, that's all Duran Duran has to say to this. And then Kenny Loggins shows up. Yeah, he's just like, hi, I'm here. Like, and then they just clip away from, I'm not kidding. He's like, hey, Piper, your slip is showing. Right, exactly. Like, but Kenny Loggins, he never comes back. No. Like, that's, like, the only time he's there. He's just there, just, like, pile it on. Right. Like, it's amazing. Hey, Rowdy Roddy, your slip is showing. And then we cut to Bobby Hewitt, who says, I hate my MTV. <laughs> just just for fun. <laughs> MTV stands for music to vomit by. Thanks, Bobby. I hate my MTV. Nikolai Volkov, helpfully, actually, I have no idea what he says. Something about yeah. Oreos and Russia. He has I don't know. nothing to do with this. <laughs> no. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so then he just happily sings the Soviet national anthem for fun. Yes. And then uh, Greg <laughs> Kine comes in, who almost no one knows or cares about. <laughs> he says that when Nikolai heard the, <laughs> when the KGB heard Nikolai Volkov <gasps> sing, they gave him a choice. 
So either go to a Siberian salt mine or the WWF. When the KGB heard Volkov sing, they gave him a choice between a Siberian salt mine and the World Wrestling Federation. Who cares? So let me point something out here. Yeah. This, just this part between Nikolai and Greg Kine. Yes. This has nothing to (laughs) do with the entire thing. There's just some weird Greg Kine versus Nikolai Volkov feud just the in here. The undercard feud. In here. Yeah. For no reason. Right. Has nothing to do with anything. Right. It's just like part of the conversation yeah. with Piper, but it's like a side tangent. Yeah, it makes no sense. And it has nothing to do with no. anything. And why did they bring Greg Kine in just a feud with Nikolai Volkov via like video messages? Yeah. Like it's bizarre. Iron Sheik says, Rock and roll, America. I'm good. Fuck rock. That's basically like, yeah, That's point. basically all he says. Hulk Hogan uh, wants to let everyone know that he likes Tina Turner. He likes Duran Duran. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah, and he agrees that everyone should be discussed with Piper. Back to Piper now, who says that the rock and wrestling connection is garbage. This is okay. This this line right here, where he's like, "It's garbage. Yep. Everything's garbage. It's all." And he's like, "And I'm so mad." Yep. Like this is like to me. One of the best, it's like, so good. part, this, like, little rant, it's yep. like, you you have to just hear it. You just have to, like, drop it in. Oh, it'll be here. Don't worry. Yeah. What is the future of for rock and roll and the wrestling connection? First of all, it's garbage. It don't belong in the same category. I don't want these skinny little gates around me, man. I'm a man. I'm a true man. Huh. What is the future of it? The future of professional wrestling is me. The future of rock and roll is down the toilet. What? <laughs> And now we go to Charles M. Young, who's in a restaurant eating a sandwich. <laughs> and here we go. Right following that is like this most ridiculous thing. This is probably one of the more insane things yes. on this. So he's surrounded by a bunch of other, you know, critics and stuff, and they're just blathering on. Some guy butts in to bring up the Greeks and the Romans about wrestling, and they call it a competizio or whatever. And then Merle Ginsburg, rolling stone out of there, she's smoking from a cigarette holder. She compares wrestling and rock and all this shit. She's quite possibly the most pretentious person in the universe <laughs> yeah. right here and she has the cigarette holder yeah come on and, she, and she's just comparing wrestling to rock right. and roll Ugh. oh free thought this and that it's horrible and then this fucking guy named fucking Vic comes in <laughs> yeah, with, the contem- with the contemptio and gr- it's so ridiculous and then handsome dick Manitoba butts in oh my god that name and he makes fun of everyone's bow ties and glasses and calls them pseudo intellectuals I agree I know I do too this is the most like best statement in the fucking <laughs> whole video. He says that the only thing that rock and wrestling have in common is that the fans of both are morons. Hey, they, I mean, let's. that's great. Also, I love that Dick's description underneath his name yeah. is the first singer to discover the rock and wrestling. And that's why it just says that yeah. under his name. Yeah. What a title. Yep. And no, nothing else. He never did anything. He was just the first singer, yeah. specifically singer, to discover the rock and wrestling connection. <laughs> We cut back to Piper now, who angrily says, I hate all of you, which I'll, I'll, I'll cut that in. Who's talking about wrestling? A bunch of pseudo-intellectual writers who don't know the first thing about wrestling. That's all. I want to tell you something. The only thing wrestling and rock and roll have in common is that the fans of both are morons. I hate all of you. Hogan says the rock and wrestling's reputation is at stake. Oh, no. Good heavens, yeah, Quinn. What will only, we do? It's only like six months old. What <laughs> reputation is he talking about? Back to Alan Hunter, who is confused. He's like, are we talking about politics, sociology, 
or aesthetics here? And Gene's like, all of them, and yet none of them. Yeah. What are they saying? I, they're, they're nothing. I don't, like, they're just ranting about nothing. <laughs> right. So we get a video package for Piper. Little intro package. Yeah, like, for Down the f- Hunter's like, hey, we gotta explain who the fuck these right. people are. And then Gene's like, let me do it, pal. <laughs> like, essentially. Pass the fucking potatoes. Yeah. So they speculate uh, that maybe... Maybe Piper drank too much of the groundwater in Glasgow, which is totally where Roddy Piper's from. Now, I love that Gene <laughs> throws this little gem yeah. of a line in here. He calls Glasgow the Calcutta of Scotland. <laughs> That's so funny. As they're showing, like, clips of, like, Glasgow. miners <laughs> yeah. in, like, the 30s. Not underage people. Yeah. Like, coal no, miners. actual, like, coal miners. Yes. And, like, and, like, s- like stacks with stuff coming out of you know what like mills yeah. and stuff like it's horrible he's totally from glasgow right yeah. totally yeah 100 percent. not from canada no all. not at all uh we see the famous incident with schnooka and then we also see piper beating up frankie williams which sucks as i like him he sucks what he's are you talking so he's like good. literally the worst job ever I love frankie williams. this is one of my that's literally like the end of frank williams too like i don't think he ever shows up again <laughs> once he beats him up vince is like that's incredible yeah piper gives that classic line too yeah just when they think they have the answers i change the questions yeah and it's actually interesting that that was after the Frank Williams thing. Yep, that's which what, is, he, <laughs> what a weird, like, I know. it's all at the same time. Yep. Now we get the Hulkers intro package here. We get to see him enter to Eye of the Tiger real quick on a TV taping, mm-hmm. which is really cool. We cut to a clip from September 84 on MTV where, <laughs> I shit you not, and I don't know if you caught this, Quinn, he calls himself the Incredible Hulk Hoban. What? <laughs> yes. Wait, Hulk called himself that? Yes! I'm Hulk Hoban. I'm Hoban. the Incredible Hulk Hoban. <laughs> what is he drinking? I'm the Incredible Hulk Hoban. Obligatory clip here of Hogan beating the Iron Sheik from January 23rd, mm-hmm. 84. Back to Gene, who says that the Vegas odds for this match are 7-4 to four in favor of Hogan. Just shut up. Yeah, well, like, like, ruining the suspense, first yeah, of all. It's like, well, the Vegas odds say, hold, why is he bringing up Vegas odds? I don't know. Again, then again, they're, like, back in that, like, credenza center, they're, like, <laughs> acting like this is, like, the most important thing ever True. happened. So, yeah, of course, they're going to bring up the Vegas odds. That's actually, that's a stupid question. I know, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great journalist Mean Gene here says Piper's a fair wrestler, but I'm picking Hogan. Like what the fuck? Well, they what said the- Gene was biased. Uh, I know. Again, but- <laughs> again, it's all within the the standards. Killing here. the suspense. I know. I know. Alan Hunter now throws us to an unscientific sampling of opinions about the match. Yeah, maybe they did this because maybe they're like, well, we're biased. Let's get what everyone else's opinion. How about that? Let's okay. let's, let's make it fair here. So first of all, Mr. Fuji says he had a phone call with Jimmy the Greek, and, <laughs> and Piper is winning. I had a little phone call from Las Vegas. Perhaps you know Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> That's the most he's talked in like decades. Yeah, by the way, it's like it's like complete sentences and shit. <laughs> it's like remember how we were talking? Uh, maybe some of you non-Patreon people don't know, but we were talking about Fuji on the eighty-two, right, or eighty-three recently. Go watch it if you haven't. Um, but we were saying about how like is Fuji's accent put on because he's really from Hawaii? Like <laughs> right. is it, it's all just a fake. It might be. Because how is he able to just pull out complete sentences perfectly? <laughs> Jimmy that Greek. Yeah. Uh, Hillbilly Bleeper says Hogan's going to hooty hooty or whatever. Uh, Brutus Beefcake says Hogan is going down. Which is weird. Make because, your own joke. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but this is weird because Brutus Beefcake is like notably big Mr. Mr. Hulk. Yeah. So for him to like have to like go against his instincts because he's a heel. That's true. Say, yeah. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Very unfortunate. Yeah. Hulk, you're going down. D. Snyder promises Hogan's winning. Big John Stuff says Hogan's losing. Little Richard. What? <laughs> what? How did he get in this? Why like, is his hair so wet? Too? Yeah, it's like, it's like flat hair. Out of the it's shower? Like, it, yeah, it's the Seinfeld shower edition of Little Richard. <laughs> he picks Hogan to win. Roddy, you better watch out. The Hulk is going to be on you like ugly on an eight. Fred Blassie says Hogan's goofy and Piper's winning. 
Blackjack Mulligan probably picks Hogan. How does he still work here, Joe? Why is he there? The last time we saw him, he was crushing apples in 82. What is he doing here? I don't know. And he's like a face, too. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Nikolai Volkov just yells, Ah! Ah! And then Greg Kine butts back in again. Why is he back? Who is he? Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> he says these matters are best, uh, better, better settled at the negotiating table. You know what I mean? They shouldn't how, fight. How uh, democratic of him, I guess. With that, we finally throw down to MSG ringside where Mean Gene. What did he teleport there? By the way, yeah. Okay, this I need to know because what the fuck? Like that? Well, the, like, all the hosting was just a pre-tape, obviously. Yeah, but that or this wasn't so, live. That's so different from what they did the first time. Unless there's editing in this re-airing. Maybe the airing was live. However, they did the pre-match I'm, stuff I'm before. They just did, it was a pre-tape. Yeah. So we throw down Gorilla and Gene on commentary to pick up the MSG feed here. Piper's full bagpipe ensemble makes yeah, their way down the with him. The WrestleMania entrance. Yeah, like the, the same full thing. thing. They're playing Scotland the Brave. Piper's following behind with an electric guitar. And, of course, Bob Orton's there. Yeah, and Bob Orvin has his arm in a sling, by the I, way. I which from again, the Schnooka match? I guess. Is that what that's supposed to be from? Because, right. I mean... That's weird because he wrestled a match earlier. If he wrestled, yeah. yeah. Bob Costas. <laughs> right. Again, again. Noted like future Vince McMahon opponent. They haven't had you. You want to let me finish here for a second, pal? I'm asking okay. you the question. Then, then shut your mouth and let me answer the question, all right? I'll be happy to answer. Go ahead and answer it. Good. But also like a big deal. Oh, yeah. Bob Costas was doing a right. baseball with Tony Kubek is, on NBC at again, this point. A this bunch is, of stuff. I don't understand how they're like their pull right now is crazy. He's great, though. He's a good ring announcer, but it's just really weird, right? Yeah, it's weird, but he's very good. He's good like, at it's it. It's like, wow, Bob Costas could have been a ring announcer. Like, he's excellent. Remember when he had the pink eye? Yeah, <laughs> well, in the Olympics. Yeah, that, that was like near. That's recently. Yeah. Piper smashes the guitar on the mat, which Costas completely ignores, ignores by the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a true ring announcer would ignore it. Yeah, Howard Finkel would yeah. too, right? Yeah, exactly. So there you go. The referee is oddly Jack Lutz again. Maybe or- he's like the official MTV ref. <laughs> like, he looks old. He's, he that should be he looks ref. like a ref. Yeah. Or as uh, Joan Rivers would say, Jack Lowitz. Yeah. <laughs> Piper's intro gets huge boos, of course. Some garbage gets thrown, and then... He is so oh, red-hot so heel. Hot. Like, they hate him. Unbelievably. I of the Tiger fires up now. Awesome. Uh, it's <sighs> We get the tunnel cam, the MSG tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know you know the tunnel. With Hogan, Albano, Lopper, David Wolf. They, uh, they make their lo- way they out. They look awesome all together, yep. like, leading the pack. They storm out to a huge reaction. It's so fucking good. Great. Like, this is, this is like peak Hogan to me. This is like even... I like I've I said, I said Pete Hogan, but like especially like it looks so good with like after we know all this backstory with Albano and all yeah. this bullshit. It's like them like kind of charging like yeah. Albano like Mario Brothersing his way down. <laughs> Cindy Lauper practically like doing the WrestleMania one run yeah, she's with so the like good. hand up and like uh, David Wolf doing his like run with his hair going in stop. the wind. Why like, do you like him so because much? Because he to me he represents this time period of like right. weird rock guy. He played his part. Yeah, I'll give him that I, I've always said eighty four, eighty five Hogan's great. Maybe a, yeah. a touch under. Rated. He's yeah. not as bombastic as eighty nine. It's 90. weird because it's like this ho- this version of Hogan. He lets the the celebrities who are involved like kind of take the front stage, yeah. and he's kind of like he's like their vessel to fight. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. And that's how the role he plays. He doesn't try to like overwhelm it. No, he, like he knows that he's just with this team of celebrities. Yeah. He's not the main draw yet. He does a great job here. Seriously. Right, yeah. Uh, we also see Mr. T is ringside, and he and Hogan exchange pleasantries. Big hug there. It's, uh, more than pleasantries yeah. to me, because, I mean, T's, like, gets in his face and, like, hypes him, like, yeah. you're the man, like, yeah. he, like, that kind of hype, like, right. get, like, get hyped, Hulk, like, you yep. gotta beat him. 
and the crowd is loud. Huge slugfest erupts before the brawl here, or before the bell here. Hogan with an eye gouge, Piper with a spear. They roll around, big rights by Piper. Hogan rolls back over, fires away. So much heat here, Quinn. And it looks real, which is why it's so right. cool. Like, it looks like you're actually seeing the anger of this feud. They're, like, right. rolling around fighting. It's like rolling. no wrestling holds. No. It's just, like, they're wailing on each other. And it's not like Hogan's just getting clear advantage. It's like Piper's rolling and yeah. he's getting punches in. Yep. It's like, no, these fucking guys hate each other. They're not going to, like, do holds. Like <laughs> right. It's like, we're mad. Right. It's like, exactly. he pushed Cindy. Yeah. That jerk. And he's an asshole in right. general. Yeah. Both men up. More big punches by Hogan. Corner whipping that charging clothesline that Hogan does that I love. Big flare flop by Piper out of that one, Excellent. by the way. Excellent. MSG loves it. Body slam by Hogan. Then another elbow drop off the ropes. Some very scientific biting by Hogan. As Gene mentions that Danny DeVito is here. What? <laughs> another Cindy what right there. <laughs> Piper now with a corner whip and a running clothesline of his own for a two count. Piper with a few kicks to the ear. And as you'd expect, I just have to mention this, I have to. <laughs> Both Gene and Gorilla are tripping all over each other trying to do play-by-play. Okay, can I say something about this, though? I know it annoys him. What? 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 I know it annoys you, but I actually, like, want to say here that I actually think it works in the chaoticness. I guess, but is it so hard for them to decide beforehand (laughs) who's going to do what? 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 (laughs) Piper with a double chop, and Hogan is actually now down and out, as Gene mentions that Joe Piscopo is here. (laughs) Who you may know is not Eddie Murphy yeah. on uh, SNL, the, the guy living in Eddie Murphy's shadow. Irish whip by Piper, and he gets the sleeper. But Gorilla and Gene get pissed off at the ref because they think it's a choke. It isn't, though. Yeah. Like, it's clearly not a choke, you don't and think? they keep yelling he about might it. Have, he might have put the arm right under on the Adam's apple there. They are so biased, like, both <laughs> yeah, of them. Know, like, it's ridiculous. Well, Gorilla always is, yeah. too. I know, but I mean, like... Like you said, like the tripping all over each other, yeah. but they're even tripping all over each other in the biasness. They're both like outraged. I know, it's funny. Yeah. Gorilla's like, come on, ref, give me a break here. Hogan's out at two. The arm drops once. The arm drops twice. And he breaks out with a finger point. It's amazing. Like, it's amazing. Straight up in the air, right? It's if like I a U to the sky. Yeah, it's, like, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Hogan fights up, rams Piper into the turnbuckles while he's on his back. Both men out now. Piper struggles back up first. Eye gouged by Piper and some rope choking. Orton now helps out while Piper's distracting the ref. Hogan, just awesome, fucking takes Orton's bad arm and slams it onto the good, turnbuckle. Good. And Gene's like, holy Toledo. It's excellent. <laughs> That's what I would do if yeah. I were Hogan. Just yeah, take you. It's a weakness, so yeah. take advantage of it. Big rights by Hogan. Piper's in trouble. He begs off and they both exchange eye gouges for a bit like a Royal Rumble for Super Nintendo. The R button the R city. Button. Yeah, R button city right there. Big boot by Hogan as Paul Orndorff now wanders out and he yells that he's taking Orton's place. Yeah, that's, the, that's amazing. I love that. It's like, he's like, I'm taking his place. And then yeah. Gene's like, he's taking his place. Yeah. I, like, I'm not kidding. That like, like happens. Piper must have a corner, man. You know? and, and meanwhile, Grill's like, give me a break. Yeah. Like, he's like all mad about yep. it. Atomic drop by Hogan is sold awesomely by Piper. He goes for another, but gets caught up with a forearm and the ref takes a hit as well. Referee down. Piper holds Hogan down as Orndorff comes off the top rope with a knee drop. Tons of booing. Tons of garbage being thrown as Cindy Lauper hops onto the apron. Just keeps getting Ooh. more escalation. Right. Like, Gina, Gina Gorilla, like, she's got to get down from there. She's going to get hurt. David Wolf and Lou Albano try to stop her as Orndorff and, or- and uh, Piper approach. Now Mr. T hops the railing to a huge pop. Piper invites T into the ring and the crowd is eating all of this, this up. This is so good like this is all the context for wrestlemania one and that just doesn't exist because they never show this thing <laughs> like this this is the moment where the yeah. fans realize 
my God, Hulk Hogan's going to team with Mr. T. Right. They're going to fight fucking Mr. Wonderful, who's also an asshole, yep. and Piper. Yep. This is going to be great. And then Ace Funny Man's going to get involved, <laughs> like, and Cindy Lauper well, and funny. all this, like, and this is all converging together at this moment. Like, it's, it's awesome, all man. coming together, it's right? so good. You're seeing WrestleMania 1 form. Yep. Like, be born. Yep. And yeah. Gorilla and Gene, for all the shit I was giving them, they're awesome here, by they're the way. They're very good. Just selling the chaos and, and the, yeah. the magnitude of this. What is going on? Can you believe this? So Piper and Orndorff actually attack T when his back is turned, and they stomp the crap out of him. But now Hogan hulks up in the corner, gets Mr. T over to his side. The heels immediately bell, of course. Meanwhile, Orton runs back out, as now the cops are involved. Yeah. And a ton of people in suits are trying to re- regain control everywhere. This is madness. I love it. And this is great. Why do they not do this anymore? Like, I, I know they like to bring out the fake cops. But it feels but the, raw. The, the thing about this is that they actually had NYPD officers yes. involved mixed in with the, with the w- w- officials and yeah it just look like basically like it's not like the cops it's like basically they're just trying to maintain order here. right like this is so chaotic it just that feels- you need the cops you need the officials you need the the president right tubby, i see tubby trying to help break it like everyone's fucking involved yep. it's madness they can't control this and something needs to be done about it, it needs to be really settled not war to settle but it needs to be settled <laughs> right and there's an event for that coming up yes there is yeah meanwhile gene and gorilla have a great exchange here gene's like what happened to our match and gorilla's like we don't have a match anymore it's pandemonium what happened to our match we don't have a match anymore it's pandemonium Finally, Orndorff and Orton get the hell out of the ring, and Gene's like, Orndorff, he's a psychopath. Get <laughs> yeah. him out of here. I like that that's the last piece of the ring we see is yeah. Gene just being like, get him out of here. He sucks, <laughs> like, basically. There goes Orndorff. Orndorff is, he's a psychopath. Get him out of here. Meanwhile, Quinn, did you catch that Swede Handsome was in there trying to break things oh, up? I didn't see it. Yes. Swede, the big Swede got to sneak in there. In his Good. street clothes. Yeah, awesome. We fade back to Gene and Alan Hunter backstage at MSG. Gene doesn't think it's over. Alan seems disappointed. Well, he said he wanted it resolved. How did Alan teleport there, too? I don't know. Like, what did he just run across the street from MTV Studios? (laughs) Maybe. Gene signs off, and that's that. Well,. Not really, because the camera stays on them for a this few extra weird, seconds, yeah. and you can hear Alan mutter something before, like Lopper or somebody's like, yeah, clapping. they're like kind of like celebrating, like yeah. good show or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a night it has been! But I've ever. And then we actually get more footage under the credits. First of all, produced by Joe. Joe Devola's back, baby. He's back, Crazy Joe. That's why this show is so crazy. You're under no obligation to shake my hand. (laughs) Videotape by Tony Murata. Oh, your your cousin, Joe? Maybe. Maybe. Special thanks to Kaplan's 47th Street Deli. (laughs) I caught that one. It's funny. Howard Finkel, meanwhile, under the credits, as you see the ring, gives the official decision the winner by DQ, Hulk Hogan. And now, that's that. We sign off. I gotta say, this was an absolute scene. It was a mess. It was hilarious. It was really well produced. And it was a fun 35 minutes. Now, look, it barely resembles traditional pro wrestling, but you know what? It was highly entertaining, clearly like half farcical. Like yeah. they, they know what they're doing. Exactly. And it was just a great time. And of course, it helped build WrestleMania. And I, I love this so much, too, Joe. It's like the best hype for WrestleMania possible. I've always thought that WrestleMania... um. 13 has one of the best go home shows ever. Yeah. This is oh. this is somehow better. This is like, amazing. This is an ama- and it's no wonder that WrestleMania 1 was such a success. I mean, look, like as this is going off the air, the credits are rolling and you're seeing the chaos ensue and they, yeah. they did you notice that they subtly 
you could hear the audio of Hulk saying, like, I want Piper, yeah. like, as the credits and the music were rolling. Yeah, yeah. So it had this feel of chaos, like, I gotta know what happens next. Like, right. when are they, are they gonna fight? Like, what's gonna happen? Right. Like, and you're just like, man, it's, and you don't even know, do they, people even know WrestleMania was gonna exist yet I at this point? I don't know, because, I mean, I bet the it was booked no matter what as an MSG show. Right, but I they didn't think. know it was gonna, but, I don't know. But I mean, the name WrestleMania was so apropos after yeah. this. I mean, it's like we gotta. This is this is the end all be all. We gotta see is Mr. T and Hulk Hogan are they gonna beat the shit out right. of Roddy Piper or, or are they gonna win? You know, right. and, and and then also they set up the Wendy Richter shit in the background, which it's is like, with Shmula and all yeah, that. It's like <laughs> yeah. everything. Shmula. Everything is like perfectly. The table is set after this show. It was beautifully done. If you haven't ever seen this and you want to, you can let us know. But what a time. What a yeah. fun time that was. Yeah. Very easy to watch. And folks, we hope that this was an easy listen for you as we have dropped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Of course, we will be back next week for episode number 160. That'll be our finale. That'll be January of 2020. So stay tuned for that. We'll be doing the final flush, the final mid Carter, and a special review for you. But until that time, thank you for a great 2019. We're very thankful for everyone that has listened. Thank you guys so much. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Send us an email. Join the Facebook group and head to patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But that'll do it for 2019. Thank you guys so much. I'm Joe Murata, and that's Michael Quinn. And we're out of here. See ya! Hi, it's Sharon. Apparently, the two geniuses at OVP didn't realize that the original airing is actually still on YouTube. Damn millennials. Anyway, the full version has some more post-match festivities. So, here's Andy Warhol walking into the room by accident and getting stuck having to cut a promo. Happy New Year. Thank you. Please, somebody get him back to a locker room. I'm, I'm wondering if I could get a man in. If I if I could get a man in with a, a little a little lower profile, ladies and gentlemen. Certainly, a man who needs no introduction anywhere. Of course, in the Greater New York area, and certainly around the country, watching at this point in time. Uh, we saw you earlier, Andy Warhol. Your impressions of what took place earlier on here? Oh, I'm speechless. Well, you've got to be. I mean, so many. I mean, I saw jaws drop to the to the floor. Uh, it's just so exciting. I just don't know what to say. Have you have you ever seen such total bedlam and pandemonium in your entire life? Never. Your impressions of the rock and wrestling connection. Oh, don't don't you think that they got together tonight here and band together and stood on firm ground? It's the best I've ever seen in my whole life. Most exciting thing. Well, I'll tell you what. I thank you very much. What?